Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special episode of All In, an episode six years in the making. It is finally time for All In and Nintendo Podcast to be giving our full review of The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Such a massive endeavor could not be constrained to just a single segment. It's going to be the entire episode long but we are going to need some help, ladies and gentlemen. So, for this very special episode, we are being joined by an incredibly special guest back for his fourth, fifth, maybe even sixth time on the show. Our good friend Andros from the Nintendo Pals is going to help us break down absolutely every corner of Hyrule. And, uh, I mean, there really isn't much left to say, everybody, except, truly... It's time to go all in. That's right, everybody. We are so thrilled. I don't know if he's with us just to to gloat because they have the game in Fantasy Critic or or yeah. if it's because it's like his favorite game of all time, played it the whole dang weekend. But of course, let's welcome to the show our good friend and yours from the Nintendo Pals, Andros. Yay! Hey, what up, All In fans? It's me from underneath <laughs> Seth's desk once again. <laughs> once again. Coming out. Let's me out every once in a while to be Living on the show. Living off of my Mighty bananas down there. Yeah. Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever I got under that desk, whatever's going on. <laughs> it's under a, there, it's dude. a path to the uh, underworld. Um, and <laughs> the depths. Yeah. To the depths. <laughs> exactly. Hanging out with the Yiga down there. It's great. Great. Very nice. Yeah, dude. Yeah, well, uh, we, we've got a, a huge, you know, episode here. We wanted to, to make a, a special occasion out of Tears of the Kingdom. Couldn't think of anybody better to come on and chat this game with. Of course, you on your Twitch channel streamed the game for like 70 hours or something like that. Uh, Breath of the Wild has been kind of your bread and butter. It's your, it was your favorite game of all time, basically, until this came out. Yeah. So it, it's, it's, <laughs> it's great to, uh, to get to sit here and chat. Uh, with you for that. But before we get into all of that stuff, um, I'm very thankful to be here. But you know what else we're thankful for, y'all? I normally ask Eric this. Yeah. Oh, you're <laughs> not gonna, okay, fine. I'm not going to say anything then. <laughs> what are you thankful for? We're thankful for our patrons at patreon.com slash all in podcast. Tons of friends and supporters over there making the dreams come true. Thank you all so much. And of course, we like to shout out our golden banana and Triforce tier supporters at the beginning of the show. Before we do it, though, we want to thank Solo something specifically for upgrading the Triforce tier this week. Nice. Thank you very much, Solo. Really appreciate you, my dude. Really, really appreciate you, Solo, going for so doing low. that. He, We're going uh, so low. Yeah. We're going so <laughs> not anymore. Not anymore. Not anymore. He's not. He's uh, he's been a supporter for a long time, and uh, he now gets uh, not only an exclusive emote in the Discord. Not only does he get uh, exclusive voting rights in the uh, in the Patreon, uh, he also gets discounts on the merch. Bit.ly/slash/allinmerch. Yeah. Um, you can't see so. me, but I'm holding the All In Coffee mug and some of our stickers right now including some of our sure we got a lot of stuff over there so make sure to check out bit.ly slash all in merch for all of your all in 
Do what? Eric grew multiple arms. I did. And he's holding up all of the merch yes. at the same time right now. You can't see it. But uh, huge thanks to Solo for doing that. But as for our Golden Banana Tier supporters, we need to thank Rob Yapel, Third Strongest Mole, Sean, Sean O'Baggins, Ashton, Tim A, a.k.a. Neo Prime 33, a.k.a. Nintendo Dad Number 4, Matt, Shy Guy City Murray, Phelan Ward, Bill Tucker, Marcus O'Neill, Liam D, Bowza, Gamer Jason, and Andrew Wilkins. Thank you so much to our golden banana bunch. But moving into our Triforce tier. Our Triforce, sir. Triforce tier spelled T-E-A-R this episode. That's right. That's right. Or how, yeah, t- Triforce <laughs> tier of the kingdom. Yeah. Um, we got to th- We got absolutely thank Josh Vaughn, the godfather of Tingle Love Tuesday. John Datfast Cummins of the Retrologic Podcast was the on-topic retro podcast. The globe-trotting, jet-setting Nintendo hub and sparky of the Nintendo hub on YouTube. Adam Caparello of Retro Groove as well as Octorock1982 on YouTube. The other half of our Shy Guy mod squad, Shy Guy himself. Thank you, Shy Guy. Daniel Hinojosa, Dan and Luma, Solo something and the legend himself. The IRL hero of time, Uncle Randy. Uncle Randy. Thank you very much, Uncle Randy. We love you guys. Uh, Thank you so much for your continued love and support on Patreon. And we also shout out here, just like they do on the Nintendo Pals, our five-star reviews. Um, You know, we we are all trying to take over the world of Nintendo podcasts here. And we're all trying to climb those ranks, man. So happy to have uh, Andros here. Leave them a five-star review, of course, but also leave us a five-star review on uh, Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, and Audible. You can drop some words that I'll shout out here on the show. Mm -hmm. And on Spotify, you can leave five-star ratings. And those are very, very appreciated. Do that for us. Do that for the Nintendo Pals podcast. And uh, it is super easy and super appreciated, y'all. Help us all take over the world together. Yes. (laughs) Try to take over the world. Of Nintendo <laughs> right. podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that kind of like little like stinger that just uh, of Nintendo podcasts. Well, the, you the know, world may be a bit grand. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> someday, someday. Well, I mean, when it comes to everything in the world, there's Nintendo podcasts and then there's everything else. That's true. That seems like it should be like a, uh, like a like a makeup brand slogan, like a maybe it's Maybelline thing. Like there's Nintendo podcasts, and then there's everything else. You know, you can just hear that on a commercial. You know, our next shirt narrated. There's all in. That's right, and there's everything else <laughs> narrated by like uh, Billy D. Williams or something. You know, like a Colt forty five commercial. There you go. I love that. Anyways. With all that being said, uh, Andros, you're a special guest, so I'm actually going to kick it to you, my friend. What's been going on in your world this week, dude? Uh, Tears of the Kingdom. <laughs> Tears of the Kingdom. Hey, yeah, um, things going good for me. Uh, good. Just hanging out. I'm, I'm working on a couple video projects in the works that are for Tears of the Kingdom. Um and that's been eating up most of my time. I am working on a video uh, that is, I spent 100 days in Tears of the Kingdom, which I actually yeah. did uh, the first opening weekend. I spent 100 in-game days in the game. So Wow. Yeah. That's got to be a pain to edit. Uh, yeah. I <laughs> l- regret a little bit picking this to be my first project with this game, but I'm... Making well, you had progress. to come out the gates with something special. This is going to be yeah. very much like Breath of the Wild, I assume. Yeah. This is going to be a game that people are just going to be creating content with. This is going to be a veritable goldmine of content and videos and video oh, essays for sure. and 
for a very, very long time to come, especially because of the amount of stuff that yeah. you mm-hmm. can possibly do. But, you know, we will absolutely be getting into that. Yeah. Um, so for, for me, like, uh, I, I am a breath of the wild content creator, uh, mm-hmm. as well as a podcaster. I, I kind of I wear two hats there. I do Nintendo news podcast, Nintendo pals, um, as you guys have already shouted out multiple times. Um, but, uh, Andros one is my personal channel where I do a lot of Zelda content. And l- let me just say that tears of the kingdom, my list of ideas, Oh, I can't, I can only imagine. It's already so big and so long that I'm like, I'm trying to figure out how I can make it all happen fast. Cause I'm like, okay, I want to get to this idea. I want to get to this idea. And, uh, I do a stream and then I want to turn a video out. It's, it's, I'm so excited by this game just from the content creation perspective. And then let's, I mean, let's talk about it. I think, cause this game is so good. It's so good. Oh Yeah. There's there's a, there's a lot to to get into there. I there there are a few things. I I'm, I'm gonna I'm, we need to stay the blade for a second okay. because hold my master I have sword. a couple things. Yeah, hold the master sword for a second because I I have to talk about a couple of other things before we get into it. But Eric, uh, have you been playing literally anything else other than Tears of the Kingdom? <laughs> Is there anything you want to shout out? Well, if mean, you I... have, I'm going to be shocked. Look at your hours <laughs> and tell uh, where are you getting this time, Eric? Tell me, tell me the secret. What do do I do? How do I do it? There's no secret involved. In order to get time for something, you must take time from something else. And in my case, sleep. Sleep. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I am just shy of 150 hours in Tears of the Kingdom uh, at this point. And like genuinely, it's a problem. Like I say that like yeah. half jokingly, I've been honestly, when I've, when I've been doing other things, I've been thinking about what I can do to get back to playing more Tears of the Kingdom. It's Like I said, it's, it's almost kind of a problem, but uh, thankfully I think I've almost made it a quarter of the way through. Um, <laughs> but no, I did for just a couple seconds, I did check out the Super Mario Advance 1, 2, and three drops on oh, nice. the Game Boy Advance NSO. And I just wanted like somebody pointed out that, you know, they thought that Super Mario Advance 4, Super Mario Brothers 3 was already on the G- that is that is that is that is a terrible, terrible lie. Of course that game's not that's a mass illusion that you all are suffering from. Of course that wasn't on there. Of course I was correct last week in saying <laughs> that it's not on the Game Boy Advance NSO app. You think I made a mistake? Man, please come now. (laughs) Whoever thinks that Super Mario Advance 4 or Super Mario Brothers 3 is on the GBA NSO app right now, uh, that is just some propaganda that Nintendo has put. It's it's fake news. It's clearly not on there. There is no way I could have been wrong about that last week. Um, But that's uh, all right. But, uh, you know, aside from trying to set the record straight on that, I did decide to check out the games just because, uh, I mean, it had been a long time. Honestly, I forgot how different Super Mario Advance, Super Mario Brothers 2 was. It is it is actually considerably different from mm-hmm. the, the standard and even the Super Mario All-Stars version of, Very. Uh, of the game. Uh, the other two, Super Mario Advance 2, Super Mario World, and Super Mario Advance 3, uh, Super Mario World 2, Yoshi's Island, 
My God, the title inconvenience. I'm, I'm going to have series. a stroke just listening to you saying those titles, dude. <laughs> the fact that I haven't messed one up yet is astounding me right now. Right, right up there with like Kingdom Hearts. Exactly. <laughs> two point right. three three six five over two remastered, yeah. recoded. <laughs> yeah. Super Mario Advance Five Dream Drop Distance, you know. But um, yeah. chain of yeah. memories. <laughs> yeah. But uh, the the other two are fairly faithful to their versions. They did add a couple things. Uh, but overall, they're fairly faithful. But I did forget how different Super Mario Brothers 2 uh, is when they ported it to the Game Boy Advance. That one, admittedly, I think is, if you're only going to check out one version, I would definitely do that. And maybe I agree. when they do eventually add Super Mario Brothers 3, uh, <laughs> when they do eventually add that in, doing that because uh, they will, I assume, add in the e-reader levels like they did with the Wii U NSO or the Wii U yeah. uh, virtual console, rather. That would be Hopefully. worth checking when out they do that. when they wind up doing that. Uh, right. Because it's clearly not on there, and I didn't make a mistake last week in saying that it wasn't on there. Uh, but, I mean, that was just a, a few minutes with with each one comparative to the time that I've spent in Hyrule. Obviously, the vast majority of my time for the past three weeks has been spent in the efforts to thwart Ganon and his evil schemes. And honestly, hashtag... Sorry, not sorry. I mm-hmm. I don't regret a moment of the lost sleep uh, that I've suffered over the past three weeks. Uh, I, yeah. I will survive. You you'll make it. You'll live to you'll live to see another day. Um, I have a couple things that I need to shout out before we just go full bore into Zelda because I am not quite at the hundred and fifty hour. I'm at merely hundred and twenty five hours uh, <laughs> with with Tears of the Kingdom. Guys, how, how how do you have so much time? I played this game for three days straight, and I am nowhere near. <laughs> yeah. What the heck? I, I truly don't have an answer to that question. Y'all other are than, averaging, yeah, sleep. like Eric's averaging 50 hours a week. That's a full-time job and overtime. Yeah, that's how much, genuinely, that's how much I love, respect, and care about our listeners. Um, <laughs> it's it's all for the listeners. Well, I mean, Absolutely. yes, I love yeah. Twist your arm. <laughs> Absolutely I mean, you no my, selfish reasoning here. If you look at my my Switch playtime every year during the, like, the end-of-year stat dumps, that you get, uh, I put in a ridiculous amount of time every year. Like this isn't just a tears Mm -hmm. of the kingdom thing. When we do reviews, when we do any kind of coverage on the show, uh, it it's one, it's a point of pride for both Seth and myself that we are as informed, uh, and as experienced with the content as we possibly can be not saying that there's not occasional slips of the tongue, uh, even though I was right about Super Mario Brothers three, Super Mario Advance, but uh, yeah, we 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 take our jobs as Nintendo content creators incredibly seriously, ladies and gentlemen. We do it for you. Eric says that, and I'm and I'm just like, well, you know what? I played 125 hours of Zelda because it was like really fun. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely, like, like, okay. Here's the thing. It, oh, uh, well, well, yeah, well, I'll let you. Sorry, Seth. I keep interrupting as no, you're no. as you're better. I was gonna say the thing is, are either of you guys done? Like yes. Hit- no. I well, like, we both I, I, like we both have rolled credits. Yeah, both Seth and I. Yeah. But have you? Are you anywhere close with hundred percent on the file? Oh God, no. No. Yeah. No. That, no. So God, that's no. the thing. Is there's so much that even though you've played that much, you're we're like I'm nowhere near complete. I, I'm no. I'm no. nowhere near. I'm well over hundred hours as well, but I'm nowhere near complete on my file. It's crazy. No, no. Not even close. I haven't even. Un- even close. I haven't even unlocked all the map. 
Oh, oh really? Yeah. I have done that, but it, there, there's yeah, there's so much, there's so much there. Okay, let me just shout these these couple of things out real quick because in that in that 25 hour gap between Eric and I, I, I have managed to fit a couple of non Zelda things in here, believe it or not. <laughs> um, so a couple things to shout out. First of all, there's a video on the channel of me playing the demo for this really cute game that I honestly didn't think was going to be for me. Um, this game called Little Friends Puppy Eye. Island. Yeah, it's like Nintendo Dogs, right? It is. Yeah, it is. It is indie Nintendo Dogs, and there's a free demo on the eShop. The game comes out on the 27th of June, um, and it is. Yeah, it's basically indie Nintendo Dogs. The demo is woefully short. It's only like 15 minutes long, but. It was so cute and like well-made and you just like, you have your little husky puppy and you get to name it and you take it on walks and you teach it how to like be obedient and not bark at a squirrel that you encounter on the walking trail. You can like give it a bath and like dress it up with like shades and like a rad sweater. And um, man, I just like, I was way into that demo. I did not think I was going to be nearly as into it as I was, but I was like, I'm all about this. Just this kind of chill like vibing out with these virtual dogs, dude. It made me realize how much I miss Nintendo dogs. Like, where is Nintendo dogs on Switch, dude? You know, drives me nuts. I feel like that needs to be a thing, especially we got the NSO app on our phone. Make Nintendo dogs happen. And otherwise, these people are going to do it and they're doing a pretty good job of it. So, anyway, Little Friends Puppy Island. Download the demo and check it out. If you're a Nintendo dogs fan, if you're a dog lover, highly recommend it because it is very cute. Very, very cute. Almost too cute. Uh, I had a visceral reaction to the cuteness. Uh, so, had that. It's aggressively cute. Oh, it it's violently me, adorable. It, it hurts me to look at. I had to, like, my reaction to it, was, I had to, like, move myself away from the mic a couple of times. Because I was like, I'm going to, I'm squealing so loud, I'm going to, like, peek on the mic. I need to, like, move myself away. So, um, yeah, it was just a very, very cute game. You can throw, like, a Frisbee that looks like a pizza. It's just cute. Just a cute game, dude. Anyways, that's Little Friends Puppy Island. I'm looking forward to playing the full version of the game. Um, but uh, a game that came out just this week, uh, The Tartarus Key. Uh, huge shout-outs to the publisher for giving us code for that to check it out. Uh, there's also a video on the YouTube channel right now as well of me playing the first like 45 minutes or so of it. And this game is also really cool. Uh, it is like a... PS1, like, lo-fi, low-poly escape room game, basically. It's all about, you play as this girl, Alex, you wake up in a mysterious, like, murder mansion, and you just are trying to figure out how to escape. There are other people in the mansion that you come into contact with, and you learn, you learn about their backstories and stuff. Um, but it's all about solving these little puzzles and learning how to, like, kind of work your way through the mansion, all of the weird, mysterious, occult stuff that is going on uh, therein. So yeah, I don't know, man. It's really cool. I uh, I'm I'm really into it. The vibes of it. The vibes are right. You know what I mean? Yeah, this, this is this kind of a cream Seth. This <laughs> it's a very <laughs> Seth game. Yeah, it's a very Seth game. Just that kind of like PS one looking kind of like aesthetic and like the yeah the detective kind of vibes. I love like just kind of sitting in the world and learning the puzzles and it, it is a very Seth game. So uh, I like it a lot. The Tartarus Key. Uh, it's out now on Nintendo Switch. Uh, so also been playing that. Um, another shout outs. We got a uh, Dokapon Kingdom Connect. 
so so thanks to the uh, the publisher for that idea factory i believe is the publisher and they sent along a code for that haven't had a chance to uh, spend too much time with it but i do want to just go ahead and say that i am going to not only be streaming the game and playing it uh with sam third strongest mole we're going to be playing it together yeah. we're also going to be doing a, an episode of keep nintendo weird about the game perfect so yeah sam's sam's the, the dokapon king Oh yeah, dude. The the king of the kingdom yeah. for sure. We're looking forward to doing so, that with Sam, yeah. Yeah, that that'll be coming in the in the very near future. So be on the lookout for some Dokapon Kingdom Connect stuff. Uh very much looking forward to that. Um but yeah, that's pretty much all of the the non-Zelda stuff I've been fooling around with. Uh, of course, as we're sitting here recording this, we're on the eve of like Diablo four. I got that coming. Uh, we love Katamari reroll is coming. There's a ton of games coming out, but, uh, you know, this is all just what I've been able to fit in outside of 125 hours of the legend of Zelda tears of the kingdom. Uh, So, but yeah, yeah. We've been waiting on legend of Zelda tears of the kingdom for, more than half a decade at this point. It was announced at the Game Awards with uh, basically what we come to find out is the opening cinematic uh, that they were working on a sequel to Breath of the Wild. We didn't hear anything for actual years until finally we started getting little teasers here and there before finally this past year Nintendo started blowing out the marketing with trailers and a huge gameplay reveal recently for the game. And all of a sudden it's 2023 and we have an actual honest to goodness sequel to what uh, many people consider the greatest game ever made. So there is quite a bit to say about this guys. Wouldn't you say that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would, I would say that. So Man, uh, let's get into it. Our full review of The Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. So, The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, it's finally here, and we've got so much to say about it. Before we do, let's detail the ritual. If you've never joined us for an all-in review discussion, here's how it goes. First of all, we are not going to issue a numbered score, uh, despite the fact that Andros and Nike... It's a 10. I mean... He's just trying to pad the numbers for Fantasy Critic. Don't listen to him. Right. Yeah. I Why mean, did we even you, bring you them guys on anyway? <laughs> need all the help you can get there on Fantasy Crit. Yeah, no so, kidding. you know, we'll let you have this one, all right? I well, appreciate that, guys. Um, Good sports. <laughs> so, but, but we don't issue number scores here on All In. We're just going to give you our 100% honest thoughts and opinions. Uh, unpack this massive, massive game here in a, in a you know, thoughtful, uh, honest review discussion. And uh, also, we are going to part this discussion out. Um, with talking about the game's story, uh, its presentation, its music, and its gameplay. And uh, we do that not only for, hopefully, for ease of listening, but also uh, so that we can kind of keep ourselves sane. Because uh, there's so much to talk about, and we we would honestly probably just ramble on for 500 years if we could. Uh, so 
That is kind of what we're going to do today. We're going to keep it spoiler-free, so anybody who doesn't want spoilers, you don't have to turn away, you don't got to turn tail yet. Uh, I do want to do a spoiler cast separately from the podcast at some point, and, uh, and Andros, maybe we can have you back for that yeah. whenever that oh, for uh, sure. time comes. But um, I need to talk to people but, yeah. about the end of this game. Let's be real, it's a very good, very good end it's, sequence. It's really good. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, let's get into the first the first segment here and talk about the story because this is a direct follow-up to Breath of the Wild. And again, there's a lot that we could spoil here, but spoiler-free thoughts, Andros. Uh, story good? Pretty good? Um, story <laughs> is great. Great. Fantastic. <laughs> I'd say it is leaps and bounds more engaging to me than Breath of the Wild was. Uh, and, uh, I, I felt like that was one of the things that was kind of lacking in breath of the wild, my favorite game of all time prior to this game launch. Uh, so that's saying something It's like, okay, the, the things that I thought were weak, uh, in breath of the wild story is one of them. And I think that this game just has a better story. It's, it, it has some interesting twists. Uh, the characters I feel like are really well written. Um, all of the side quest type stuff is it feels much more involved and much more meaningful. Uh, yeah. And then just like the overall like themes and elements, it feels very Zelda where breath of the wild. Didn't breath of the wild felt like a departure from classic Zelda as in terms of like story. This feels like a return to form on top of what makes breath of the wild. So good. And I'm going to say that exact same thing about literally every piece that we're going to be talking about. <laughs> it's a return to the Zelda formula, but on the Breath of the Wild bones. You know what I'm saying? It's it's just that that's how that's how it is. Well, with this, we already have Breath of the Wild. We already have the events of Breath of the Wild. We've already been in this world before. So there's already that narrative bedrock. There's already that familiarity. There's already the backstory that we created six years ago for ourselves that the game has to build off of. And at the beginning of the game, we come to find out that there is some weirdness going on underneath Hyrule Castle that Princess Zelda and uh, some swordsman named Link have to go investigate. And turns out it is the return of uh, Matt Mercer, a.k.a. Uh, <laughs> A.K.A. It actually, just Matt Mercer. It's just Matt Mercer. It's actually He's just there. evil Matt. It's <laughs> actually just evil back. Matt Mercer. Evil Matt Mercer is a great voice, though. So I'm not. I'm definitely not hating on that. But yes, it's it's Hot Ganon. He is. Uh, he's trapped underneath Hyrule Castle, and bad things happen when they find him. Uh, even though this is still early on, I'm honestly not going to spoil how uh, even that turns out. But even this opening sequence felt. Like it was a lot more narratively weighted than Breath of the Wild did. In Breath of the Wild, you basically just wake up in the room of awakening. You go out and you're just kind of given little breadcrumbs, essentially. The game, Breath of the Wild, almost doesn't even feel like it cares about its narrative. Whereas Tears of the Kingdom, I feel like does. And that is shown off in several different respects. The memories that you can find in breath of the wild are cool and they inform a lot of the context, but I don't think that ultimately they're more than just some cool cutscenes to find. They can give you some fun little backstory and they can be 
like I said, cool. But in Tears of the Kingdom, there is something similar. And those like are required reading. Like those offer an entire story unto themselves that like by the end, it's a really affecting quest is really all I can say. The narrative weight of that sets up what goes on in the present. And then there's just so, so much meat on this bone. And then you get to all the, like the interesting side quests, the, each of the individual NPCs that you can run across, not just the ones that'll give you quests, but it feels like every person in this game has something thoughtful to say. It feels like a real person dialogue. You can meet travelers on the side of the road and they'll just say, like you, you'd expect in other games, like, hello, traveler, you know, nice day. But no, like you'll sit and have a conversation with these people and they'll feel like actual real life people that you can meet on the road. It feels like this place, it feels like this world is actually inhabited by more than just NPCs, by actual Hyrulean citizens. Uh, there's uh, uh, so much though. It's so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, I was, I was thinking about this a lot with this game because I, I agree. Like I, I really, I struggle whenever I talk about this game, just in general, I really try my best not to make it a breath of the wild put down party, you know, because like this game is just a good sequel. It's hard not to though. Right. Like it's hard to like, it's hard to look at this and be like, okay, tears of the kingdom is, is basically better in like every way, but breath of the wild is still an incredible game, you know? And like, yeah, it's, it's it's like really hard. It's like, you could say that Breath of the Wild ran so that <laughs> Tears of the Kingdom could fly more than like a walk to run kind of scenario. Yeah. It's like it's so hard to describe. It's unprecedented, really. I mm-hmm. I don't know that I've ever had a an experience like this in all my time playing video games where like when Tears of the Kingdom was even announced, like, okay, well, like, how do you follow up Breath of the Wild? And like, not only have they like they they've completely overshadowed Tom Marks from IGN. Um, he he said in his review a line that I really like, which is, uh, "Tears of the Kingdom makes Breath of the Wild look like a first draft," and like it really does, you know. And and the story I think is just one of the many ways in which it does that. Like Breath of the Wild taps into a vibe that I really like, which is kind of a quiet, you know, waking up to a destroyed world and kind of being like, what you know, picking up the pieces of what happened. The world kind of felt asleep in breath of the wild and to Eric's point in tears of the kingdom, it feels awake, you know, like in tears of the kingdom, it feels like much more lived in. There's much more, you know, kind of like stuff going on. People who are trying to rebuild the world after the events of breath of the wild It is a true blue sequel in that way. It feels like we are picking up from the world that we left after breath of the wild. And I really like that a lot about the game and it still has, the thing that I like about Breath of the Wild, this is a narrative trope that I'm kind of a sucker for, the sort of like uh, succeed where we failed, you know, sort of trope, like the sort of like ones who came before, like we had the previous champions in Breath of the Wild. There's like a version of that in this game, but like even that I think is more successful in this game than it was in Breath of the Wild for me. It doesn't so feel like, as tragic. Right. You know, like That's true. You, you leave Breath of the Wild feeling very sad about like what happened mm-hmm. in the past where where in this game it feels like 
in a similar vein, but you feel way more excited, I guess. And like triumphant. Tri- it's yeah. like more like it's it's more like we like we have to make things right, you know, and I don't know, man, like that that really like kind of resonates for me. I love again tiptoeing around spoilers here but my my favorite thing about this game story to say nothing of like i both of you guys mentioned the side quests some of the side quests in this game are truly excellent um the stuff again speaking vaguely but with Lorelin village yeah um the, loved the, it. the way that yeah. Unf- yeah, that's so good like i loved that entire sequence um there there's a, a side quest that you do in Terrytown that brought tears to my eyes yep. just so like gentle mm-hmm. and sweet like I was just so blown away by like how much more humanity and care is in these side quests. Everything that's going on with like Hateno Village even um, well, is just like if it's like a little Majora's Mask vibes in this game. Well, mm-hmm. I, I, I think one of the big things, the one of the big reasons that Tears of the Kingdom succeeds so well is it's pretty clear to me that the game's narrative was written in tandem with the game designers because there's so many parallels between a lot of the side quests and a lot of even the main quests and the game mechanics that we get access to uh, the tears of the kingdom mechanically is all about rebuilding things that have been broken. It's all yeah. about construction. It's all about ascension. And so mm-hmm. much of the story taps directly into that. I mean, they're, they're in the process of rebuilding Hyrule in this so you've already got that narrative tissue but because of that there's a construction company in this game that's actually a major major player in a lot of the story that's going on around here and when it comes to you know ascension you've got all this stuff uh with the zonai and the sky islands you can literally ascend mechanically but there's all this narrative parallel going on with that as well including you know a lot of the uh, a lot of the side characters who are trying to ascend themselves in their own way uh so you know when it comes to the mechanics of the game and construction ascension and I, like just growth in general you know trying to and connection yeah and connect and like connecting to not only the world not only rebuilding the world but each other i mean like there's such a a thematic through line throughout this entire game. There's a reason that like the big mechanic is Link's hand, you know, it's about like people grabbing each other's hands, you know, and connecting as people. That's a huge theme of this game that permeates throughout all of it. And like, um, another one of my favorite things, I think that you might be reaching. <laughs> reaching. I see what you did there. <laughs> That's a reach there. But I I love that so much. And another again, I I got to speak vaguely, but like the relationship that Link and Zelda have in this game is so powerful to me and just like this, you know, the these people who are willing to put everything on the line for for Hyrule and for like, like we are willing to do whatever it takes. And I have so much faith in you in the wake of this trauma. We already saved the world once. Like you and I both know this is not the way it's going to end. You know what I mean? And like, I'm willing to just put it all on the line and we're going to do what it takes to, to save this world and its people. And like, I just loved their, their relationship in this game, I think is so much deeper. Skyward Sword really is the only other corollary I would make to this game's like rendition of Link and Zelda. I mean, and it, um, it does very similar story beats. Like, like, it is like, like yeah. very similar. 
uh, in, in a lot of respects, but yeah. Yeah. Very similar in a lot of respects, especially when, uh, I mean, th- this is something that, uh, I talked about a couple weeks ago on the show is for me, for a decent portion of my first week with the game, I was really getting a sense of deja vu because this is a world that we've been running around in. A lot of the even big quests are going to feel like remixed versions of stuff that you did in Breath of the Wild. But even then, they do toy with some of your expectations and there is some subversion. There are some surprises in there as well. Like in Breath of the Wild, once you're done with the Great Plateau, the, the tutorial area, uh, you do a couple small things, but then you're essentially just said, hey, here are the four corners of the map. Go deal with those, and then you know you can fight Ganon. And you know, you start to see a similar kind of structure into this game, and you think you know narratively, beat for beat, is like, okay, I've you know, I've already kind of figured this game out. And then toward the end, you're like, I, I guess I didn't. Okay. Mm-hmm. I really love that. And even like, even the way the game plays with like knowing that it is a sequel, right? So when you go to these familiar points in the map, like you're talking about, when you go to like the Goron village in this game, things are like way different there now, yeah. you know, and like weird. And like, they have like little like things to say, even like little individualized stories in those corners of the world and like the way that this event that kicked off the game, the upheaval has affected the world and its people. Like, I, I don't know, like that, that really, really lands for me. And, um, I was, I was super impressed by, by all of that. I was impressed by how much story is here, how the new characters that are introduced to to the like sort of lore and canon are, are really well considered. And I, I liked them all. Um, I was just, yeah, the, the story of this game I think is among the best we've seen in the entire franchise. And I will like straight up again, tiptoeing around spoilers, but the ending of this game is the greatest ending in Nintendo history. Straight up. It's very good. Like, yeah, I will Agreed. say the end of the game did surprise me. Because something happens at the end that you know, it's kind of like Pavlov's gun uh, in story. Like mm-hmm. you, you've uh, or Pavlov's gun, uh, Schrodinger, Chekhov's gun. Chekhov's Shro- gun. Thank you. Schrodinger's gun. Schrodinger's, Schrodinger's gun. Pavlov's, fired Pavlov's, and unfired. Pavlov's bell. <laughs> Schrodinger's Schrodinger. Worcestershire sauce. Schrodinger's cat, and then. Chekhov's gun. Thank you very much. Got my narrative devices mixed up with my, uh, yeah. But uh, you you see that in this one, uh, you see that in this one story going on in the game, and it feels like this big narrative event feels basically just tied to this one story. But then they introduce it into this other story, and then all of a sudden. Like, it's just this mind-blowing ending sequence. And you're like, oh, no, that just happened. How, how is that going to... Now that now that this has happened, how's... Oh, no, this is bad. Oh, it's so good, dude. I, like, I, I, I remember when I rolled credits on this game... And I just, I like, I needed air. I needed like fresh air. I was like, I couldn't believe what we were seeing. I got a message from Seth at like one in the morning. He's like, I've got to go walk my dog. Yeah. 
Like it just, it, it totally blew me away. Like I, when, cause you're right, Andros, I feel the same way about breath of the wild story where it's like, it's there, it's fine. And particularly, and we've talked about this on the show, the ending of that game kind of just pops and fizzles for me. Like it's kind of just, okay. Like we, you know, we did that. It's cool. We saved the world, you know, neat. Um, and it's like a crescendoing moment, but not like this, like this no. game has, I mean, it's epic. Like it truly is epic in the truest sense of the word and emotionally charged. Like I just, I just think it's really incredible. Like the story of this game in a way that breath of the wild story was not a highlight of that game. It is a total highlight of this game. Yeah. You know? Yep. Agreed. Agreed. And yeah. I mean, honestly, really, is there anything? I think we've exhausted as much as we can just talking about the without narrative without spoiling, spoilers. Yeah. Without, without spoilers. spoilers yeah. But uh, yeah, <laughs> ultimately, final thoughts. There are long stretches of the game and there is a big part of the main narrative that feels familiar and, you know, Mary, maybe a little narrative light, but there's so, so much going on around it. The, you know, like Seth said, the, the ending, especially, uh, you know, save for, save for a big chunk in the, the main quests. Uh, this is the best story that Nintendo's done in, in quite some time bell to bell. Uh, and then, like I said, just the, the, the full breadth of side quests and there's so many side quests and narratives going on. They even had to split up the hierarchy of side missions because there's so, so many uh, yeah. different narratives going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it feels like Xenoblade esque, frankly. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah. And in scale as well, you know, Xenoblade has this like ramp up of scale that just gets so huge. Yeah. Um, for me, I have I, I I in conclusion to the story section here. I I have two gripes that that I want I want to share mm-hmm. uh, with, with yep. the story. One, um, so similar to Breath of the Wild, there's like a four like go to these four locations. On, yeah, that's on, basically what I was talking about with like yeah. the yeah the narrative lightness in the middle there. Um, there's a certain cutscene that that plays. That's kind yeah. of long. Yeah. And it plays yep. in every every, yep. every instance almost identical. I don't think that was necessary. I think they could have been much more unique and, and interesting. But, that, but I get it. It's because you can do those in any order, right? This is an open world game, and they want you to be mm-hmm. able to feel those story beats. Uh, but I will admit that the uh, third and fourth time, I just completely skipped those cutscenes. So You yeah, can skip fair. them? Uh, yeah, you can, you can skip, skip it. You can skip any cutscene with an X plus. I, uh, yeah, you gotta hit. I think you gotta hit X, and then it'll say like plus to skip, skip or whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. and then my other gripe with the story is, uh, my my uh, Matt Mercer did not get enough screen time. I was gonna <laughs> say this. Please yes. give me more because that was so good. And you know, this is. I don't think this is too spoilery here because I think anybody that's even remotely in the game, it realizes, mm-hmm. hey, this is an open world exploration game. I'm not going to be running into Ganondorf every five five minutes. And <laughs> right. that's never been the case in a Zelda game. In fact, he shows up about as much, um, if not more, than in traditional Zelda games like Ocarina of Time, uh, Wind Waker, Twilight Princess. But the time that he is there is so good. I, I like... 
they nail Ganondorf as a villain. And they did they just did mm-hmm. it so, so well. And I just wanted more screen time from him. I did too. Yeah. He's he's a little like big bad evil guy, like kind of just wants to like be big and evil because reasons, you know, sort of thing. And like that's okay. I think it works because like the like Zelda has been around for so long, this franchise, that like it it kind of gets away with a lot of that by baking in things like, oh well, you know, these three are sort of destined to do this dance forever, sort of thing. And so like you you kind of get it. Um it's not he's this representation of Ganon is not like Wind Waker Ganon, where you actually can kind of like see where he's coming from a little bit. Um, but like th- this version of Ganon is much more just like, I'm big and I'm bad and I'm evil and does like, there, there is a, again, it's so hard not to talk about spoilers, but there is a scene in this game where to, Ganon does something evil. He had to get and, his like, meme face in. The, the oh, goofy my smile. Yeah, that was, is like horrifying. I love it. It's horrifying. I love it. I, that that is like my favorite video game face I've seen in years. It was so good. He had to get his meme so. face in. <laughs> I just I that and to your point, Andros, like, yeah, I really did enjoy moments like that, like moments of characterization like that. Um, with with him, and I wish we'd seen more of him for sure. That I was gonna bring up that exact same point. If I have a complaint with the story, I just wanted more Ganon for sure because it was very good. Yeah, so. And I guess it, yeah. it's one of those things where you could say, you know, it's, it, it's the the little the fewer screen time, the fewer uh, minutes he gets, the more impactful they are. And I do think that actually rings true here. Uh, That's true, especially with Matt yeah. Mercer's performance. And it, you know, it's kind of like you know Godzilla in that Godzilla reboot from 2014. He's like when mm-hmm. then when they finally give it to us, especially at the end, you're like, oh my god, this is so good. You know, the build up is incredibly tantalizing and I'm just, yeah. it makes you just want to replay through the game. But yeah, uh, for sure. But yeah, I mean, if we talk about the story anymore, I'm going to spoil something. So it's great. <laughs> it's great. It's so good. That's that. My, my, so good. My final score is uh 20 sets out of 10. Eric's we're going to figure we, out how to, how to, how to rate that. <laughs> But uh, but as we typically do, let's follow up the story with the game's presentation, which leading up to the release was kind of the one big thing that a lot of people were latching on to when it came to the negatives, because, I mean, this is still the Nintendo Switch. This game is 720p, 30 frames per second. And where where are those $70 DLC? Right. <laughs> doofuses now <laughs> and yeah i mean yeah the, wrong. the yeah the game does run that and if that is something that you truly prioritize in your games then yes be aware that that's how the game runs but i would argue once you're three minutes into that that disappears this game is pushing the nintendo switch to its absolute peak the game is absolutely stunning it is uh, like it is an act of dark magic a pure (laughs) act of sorcery that this game is able to fit not only on the nintendo switch but this entire game is able to fit on a nintendo switch physical cartridge 
an act of dark magic on par with anything Ganon has ever done. <laughs> can can we talk about um the 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 depths? Or is that too yeah. spoilery? Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. And so <laughs> let, let's put this out here for people listening. That there are a couple of Nintendo has before the game even came out, Nintendo talked about things like the temples and the depths themselves. Like they officially have revealed yeah. that. So I think we're safe to talk about that. As long as we're not like implicitly, you know talking about like story spoilers and things like me- gameplay mechanics yeah, we're, we're not going like, to talk about areas. the part where link and zelda die and uh ganondorf right, has a twin brother it's yeah we're not gonna talk about that exactly stuff. i'm glad you didn't bring that exactly. up specifically but no uh it, it's weird because obviously a big part of the game's marketing push was showing off the sky islands it was almost as if nintendo was pushing this as skyward sword 2 or something because mm-hmm. so much of what we were seeing leading up to the release of the game was everything that you could do in the sky. And that was incredibly widely publicized. Uh, but they also included this ascend ability, which allows link to ascend directly through ceilings directly above him, you know, within a relative, the ceilings, like a hundred feet above you, you can't reach that. But within reason link can ascend through ceilings above him. And they had to add a bunch of different reasons and a bunch of different instances for him to be able to do that. So when, so a lot of people may be coming into this game thinking that you're going to spend most of your time on these sky islands, you spend a, a significant portion of your time in caves, in wells. That is a major focus of There's this so game. Many. There's, There's so many. Yeah, so many that oh they actually gosh. mark them on the map. They mark the wells and caves. They mark all these places where you wind up using your ascendability. And with the dozens and dozens of wells and the dozens and dozens of caves that you can find in this game, believe me when I say that all the wells and all the caves in the game doesn't even scratch the tip of the iceberg when it comes to being underground in this game. So it's it's interesting that you make make these points here because I I didn't really think about how because you're kind of insinuating that they they made the ascendability and then they're like all right now we need things to use this for to to me like you the ascendability is almost vital because they have so much of these cave oh, type systems and mm-hmm. skyline because you wouldn't be able to traverse without it. I didn't think that going in based off the marketing. I was like, I mean, how often are we going to use this ascendability? You know what I you know what I mean? That that was one I was I I wrote off as like that's going to be the cryonis of this game, you know, like we'll, we'll <laughs> sure, use it in very sure. specific instances. No, I use it all the time. In fact, in my original playthrough for before rolling credits, right? Um, I I would kick myself because I would forget that I had it, and it would save me so much time in in traversal and in getting places. It's just such a good ability. Uh, it is, I, but I, just I, in I terms agree. of pure presentation, I think a lot of people may be under the misconception that they're going to be staring at sky islands and skylines the entire time you're going to spend a not insignificant portion, a very not insignificant portion of this game staring, uh, honestly at pure black. Uh, mm-hmm. and you're going to be staring at, at rocks and somehow they keep it interesting. 
somehow they make all these different wells and caves. They fill them with interesting things. So despite mm-hmm. the fact that you're looking at rocks and ground and what would otherwise somehow be just drab greenery and darks and grays like Seth, you and I constantly bemoan the use of muted color palettes in, in other games, but there's something about the way they were implemented here in breath of the wild. And you could just, you know, call it Nintendo bias or whatever, but there's something about the way that, that they've been presented here. I said breath of the wild. There's something about the way they've been presented here in tears of the kingdom that, I, I didn't mind being underground. I, I I always felt like there was interesting stuff to look at, interesting stuff to find, interesting stuff to be presented to my eyes, even when part of that presentation was taking all of that away from me and leaving me blind. Even that was interesting and even exhilarating often. So, uh, I mean, it's I wasn't expecting to be looking at as many rocks as I did, but I, I still have really no complaints about the presentation. Yeah, I ag- agree wholeheartedly. I think one of the compelling things about um, the, what you're saying, like the muted colors, is the contrast that you see mm-hmm. between, because this map, Breath of the Wild, uh, had had a big map. <laughs> Breath of the Wild's map is huge. Really? It's massive. This map for Tears of the Kingdom, essentially triples that map size because mm-hmm. you have now a Black sky magic. element and you have an under... Uh, the the depths element. Mm-hmm. And so you have three times the map space to explore. And the contrast between those different layers is so varied and wild. Um, it, the my depths first feels like this game's Dark World or Low Rule. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It, it 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 is. It is a hundred percent. I I can't tell you like the the very first instance I jumped into a cave, and um in inside this cave was like a waterfall. I jump behind the waterfall. Yeah. There's a treasure chest. What is this? And and it's it's like wow, they added caves. This is going to be crazy. Like this is going to be so cool. And this cave is so big. That's what I thought. And then. Fast forward in the the my progression in the game a little bit. Uh, I am invited to do an ex to explore in the depths by like the main camp, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so I jumped down there, and my I was like, "What is this? What? Yeah, what yeah. is this? I I I reach my first light route and yeah. go." Mm-hmm. Oh dear. Yeah, like, oh, oh no. no. Yeah. Oh yeah. no. Yeah. As that I moment. as the realization hit that I had a whole nother map. Not just the because and, and and it's huge. It's humongous. Yeah. And it's crazy. I stunning. I was blown away. Uh, in, in all respects, because I thought the sky, like it, it was like moving from one spot to the next. You start on the sky Island, which I was like, this is much bigger than I was expecting. 
and then you look around and you can see all these islands. You go, wow, there's so much. You go to the ground level and you see so much has changed from Breath of the Wild. My mind is blown. I go to a cave. My mind is blown. And then the depths. And I I, I was broken. I was like, what, what do I do now? I, there's so yeah. much, where do <laughs> yeah. I go? It's so big. This game yeah. is huge. It's huge. Yeah. Oh. It's, it's the, and all of it looks gorgeous. It's it's unbelievable. It's it's truly remarkable how I, I like what you said about the contrast of those three layers uh, or tiers, if you like, of the uh, of the oh, world. Oh, yes, here. yes, tiers. Uh, <laughs> um, I like how yeah, when you're in the sky, it has that that look of like it's kind of opulent, like gold and white and like sunny and sort of beautiful. And then, yeah, the stuff that is going on on the ground, uh, especially after the upheaval, like I was really kind of impressed with the way that yes this is the same you know general landmass but things are different and towns have developed in a different way and there are things that have like after the upheaval things from the sky have crashed into the ground and affected them in different ways you go to kakariko village and it's not the same as it is in breath of the wild you know like there's some significant differences in these places that go beyond just like the the things that are happening in the stories and the side quests there, presentationally, like the way they look and the way you interact with them are very, very different, which I, I was really impressed with. The extra layer, like Eric was saying, with the caves and the wells and this, like, there, there's like 150 some odd caves Something in this like game, that. I think. And, and that, uh, um, to clarify, that is not part of the depths. That's part of the main map right. overworld. That's the main overworld. And then you get to the depths and it's not just like, like we're saying like, yeah, it's pretty, it's literally the same size of the, the main map. It, it's literally the same size. And like th this game, they, they made another gigantic open world. This game is literally three times the size of Breath of the Wild, <laughs> and it continues to run just as well as Breath of the Wild. In fact, in my opinion, probably better than Breath of the Wild yeah. in a lot of ways. I can't believe like little things like how quickly this game loads yeah. Like little stuff. I'm like, I cannot, the feeling that I had throughout this game that I think I can apply to basically everything we're going to talk about here tonight is I can't believe that they have accomplished this and that everything here is this well executed and that it's happening on this little tablet, you know, this little like seven year old tablet just about it's crazy. Like how, what they've managed, this is such an achievement from a technical perspective, this is the most impressive thing Nintendo has ever made. True. Like, it just uh, is. Yeah, yeah. Objectively, uh, I think that's true. We, we, we see that with games that are coming out right now that are by other AAA studios that are aiming to do these massive titles with massive maps, and they just don't run well. Like, like they, they're, they have glitches, they yeah. have problems, where this game just is so polished it's the the world itself is so polished and so clean and so well made i could I you just, imagine yeah. could you imagine if sword and shield or i'm sorry if scarlet and violet scarlet and violet if scarlet and violet had come out after tears of the kingdom yeah well it's oh, it's yeah. one of those things right <laughs> where it's like if only scarlet and violet had six years of development time right like that it is becomes, true yeah it becomes obvious really quick why this game took six years plus to Absolutely. make. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, and yeah, you know, dude. when you look at it, 
<clears throat> excuse me, when you look at the game, uh, it does like it feels like it looks exactly like Breath of the Wild did. But side by side, there is actually a visual difference, and I would say a visual upgrade between the two. Mm-hmm. It's still, you know, it's still very clearly uh, presenting as this Zelda timeline. But there is actually even a little bit of a visual upgrade since Breath of the Wild, which is stunning to me on even another level or another tier. Let's go ahead and keep with that metaphor. <laughs> uh, but ultimately, like it's just, unbelievable. But yeah, but my final thoughts about the presentation uh, game looks absolutely gorgeous. Sure. Yes. If you are climbing a rock face. Uh, you can maybe see you well not maybe sure you can see some of the uh, the 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 less detailed textures or something, but I right. I could care less honestly with this map the way the map is designed because that's another big thing the actual map design makes it super interesting and makes it so that even though it's not technically pushing as many triangles and polygons as its contemporaries. It's still, it's still pushing enough mixed with really great art direction to, to do everything that it needs to do to still be a stunning piece of software visually and still somehow in some way, somebody sold their soul for this, but the game still runs. Yeah, how many goats did Alvin sacrifice? Yeah. Like I, <laughs> yeah. 150 hours, almost 150 hours in, and I've only seen maybe a couple instances of minor clipping. That's honestly it. I'm, I'm, a, I never encountered a single bug. I'm a my whole time playing. Exactly. Yeah. Like people who go out of their way to break games and find like the duplication glitches, people who go out of their way <laughs> to try does, to break uh, stuff. Who, sure. Who dare. does that? How dare. Who would do that? But I mean, sure, if if it's your mission to try to break something, sure. But if you're part of the 99% of people who are going to play this even remotely as intended, uh, I you, you can probably get through an entire playthrough of this game without suffering a major issue, which is saying something considering how long a playthrough of this game will last you. Yeah, these games these games are relatively so I'm I'm part of the speedrunning community uh somewhat for mm-hmm. for Breath of the Wild and yeah. it's a relatively hard game to crack. Uh it it doesn't it it has some pretty uh big bugs, glitches that are very hard to execute or aren't like easy mm. to obtain. like no one in a casual playthrough is going to discover wind bombing or mm-hmm. uh uh BLSS like flight, but tears of the kingdom is, is the same. It, it it's, I'm, I'm sure there will be some really fun. I'm, I'm excited to see what the speedrunning community does with it, but you're mm-hmm. not going to encounter any, anything like yeah, that casual play through casual, yeah. through casual play. It's the only, the only thing I've experienced is like f- some frame rate slowdown. And that's when I'm making, insane vehicles <laughs> like, right, like yeah. i am yeah. stacking as much stuff as i can onto this thing um yeah the yesterday i just built a really tall i, I put a bunch of logs together into a big <laughs> stick and i put a control <laughs> stick on top of the stick and wheels on the bottom and i drove around at yes at skyscraper heights 
it slowed down a little bit when I tried that, <laughs> but it was, it was still, it still functions. It still runs and it still works. So I, it's like, yeah, that is like the only, I, I, yeah, yeah. Presentation wise, I completely agree with Eric. You're, you're not going to run into anything. Like Just the, the amount of like stuff and moving parts that is happening in this game at all times. And the fact that it runs and looks as good as it does and runs as well as it does. It, it is a staggering achievement by any metric. Like it, it truly, truly is an impressive piece of software just objectively. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think there's any denying that, but uh, guys, I want to talk about the music. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, can, I, know can, you do. I, I, I have, I want to give a final thought before we move from presentation. Okay, I, please. I apologize. The, so my, one of my other big gripes with breath of the wild and and not 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 my big gripe. I saw this complaint a lot. Was that the world felt empty? That the open mm. world had a lot of, uh, just like stretches of nothing, like fields and, sure. and and forests that didn't feel like they had much in them. I feel like Tears of the King, King, <laughs> Tears of the King, Tears of the Kingdom <laughs> solved this problem with the overworld. The overworld is packed. The, the main map. And what you get in this game is the depths is the new overworld in that it has big stretches of less stuff in it. Um, That's true. With, with more hubs. So if you want that feel, like from Breath of the Wild, because I like that. I, I honestly like that because uh, it's it feels more like I'm adventuring in this like big open space. It, 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 mm -hmm. it invokes the open world. And it's, uh, I don't know, there's something relaxing about just running through uh, wide fields and and chasms and things you can have that there and then the overworld is just packed with content there's there's things to build there's koroks there's uh there's little mini side quests mini games there's it's just packed everywhere that you are standing you're gonna see like two three at, at least two three but more likely three five ten things you can do all around in 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 so easy distance. to get distracted. So easy to get distracted so, so playing this game. If, if you, I, I wasn't distracted a single time during my entire 150 hour playthrough. He played it straight, <laughs> only story for 150 hours. <laughs> Impossible to get distracted in that game. I uh, I I beelined uh, by the way on the story, and it still took me like 45 hours. Yeah, and yeah. that's with like pretty minimal distractions. So I it, like this game is big, and and I just want to I just want to emphasize if if anybody out there had gripes with that for Breath of the Wild, they're like, ah, it felt like there wasn't enough to do. <laughs> it's a great point. problem solved. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a great point. And I, I really like the point that you made too about the the uh, the depths kind of like feeling a little bit like that desolate land that that Hyrule was in Breath of the and Wild. Fits, I think it's a great point. It fits thematically much better. Totally. Yeah. Totally, yeah. And if there is any like dry spot in uh in in the overworld in Tears of the Kingdom, then you're just gonna have Addison there to fill it exactly. out. Exactly. You know, he's Addison. just gonna be there. Uh, I love you know, Addison. I, I hated Addison so much for a long time, but he grew on me. He really he does. did. I love he, him. He really now, does. Yeah. And now he better be in every Zelda game from now on. <laughs> Protect at all costs. Protect Addison at all Addison. costs. Uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah. and honestly, uh, when it, when it comes to the depths. Uh, as 
when it comes to that emptiness feeling, I still think a lot of people would be surprised by how much stuff they will find in the depths. It's yeah. just the overworld is so ridiculously saturated with yeah, stuff really that, that that only finding something every 20 feet as opposed to every three feet may feel like it's desolate. Yeah. Well, th- thank God for it too, because you're you're walking, you know, in the pitch blackness for so much of it. Could you imagine if you're bumping into stuff all the time? <laughs> well, that's you know? that, that's so, that's honestly part that. of it is like I trying do, to yeah. find your way through to each of the light routes, trying to you know, because you wouldn't feel like there'd be no reason for the for, for like all the darkness and the pitch black nature of the depths if you were constantly running into stuff every few seconds you need those long stretches that's the whole point of exploring Mm -hmm. down there is you need like you need to be able to take your time if you only explored for two seconds before you found your next thing to do the actual like exploring and wading through the weeds and the roots and the underbrush and accidentally running into a massive monster wouldn't feel nearly as interesting. It wouldn't feel nearly as, yeah. as I don't think it nearly catch the vibe that it was going for, which it does Big remarkably time. in my opinion. Uh, yeah. But Big yes, time. yes, yes, Seth. I'm sorry. I know you want to talk about the music. <laughs> I want to talk about I the music talk, too. G- Got to talk about the music. It's so it's so great. I this for me is like front. I would be very surprised if there is a soundtrack this year better than this because much like what I was kind of saying with the the story and the vibes of this game compared to Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild had a very ambient soundtrack. You know, like it knew when to get big. It knew when it wanted to sort of like put the the music brassy and in your face and stuff. But uh, Tears of the Kingdom has like some really great like moments of music, especially when it comes to moments in the temples and character moments oh. that just kind of like like dude the, the Sidon's theme and like the way that it weaves into that entire Zora and Water Temple like like kind of moment there is such a beautiful suite of music they all are like it's it's breathtaking stuff the the wind temple suite at the end of that whole thing it is breathtaking and then like the way they integrate classic Zelda themes like Zelda's lullaby into like this framework the way that they they tackle different light motifs and different musical flavor with classic Zelda pieces is like really astonishing stuff and the like that's so such a huge part of what I love about the ending of this game is the music that plays during it is like I I have goosebumps thinking about it. Like I will that that moment and the music that plays during that moment. You guys both know what I'm talking about. It will be seared into my heart and soul <laughs> for the rest of my life. Like it is that good. Ugh. I honestly just wish that they played like a more like a a, a more audacious version of the classic a Hyrule theme while you're out running around. I just, I really wish that even 
even just the moment to moment running around, I do wish that that music, I know like they're going for something just slightly subtler because they wanted to save the big pieces for the big moments of which there are plenty. But I, I do miss like hearing that classic Hyrule theme running around. And that would honestly be the only thing that I could say against the music because uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, Sidon's theme. I was just, it was nice to see my best friend back regardless uh, but the different temple <laughs> themes, genuinely feeling, making you feel like you're in some big Indiana Jones adventure flick or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so good, especially in uh, uh, how to kind of, uh, especially in uh, the Death Mountain. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking. Yeah, 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 I agree wholeheartedly. That was that was probably my favorite music wise. I I love that all the temples like sort of scale up if you listen to the if, if you like look up the music tracks on youtube you'll see that these songs are like 15 minutes long and yeah. it's because yep. it's because they layer with the further you're getting into it it gets more and more epic and and builds up to these epic boss fights it builds up to these just crescendos of of exploration yeah yeah so good so good I I I think it's stunning. Like I really think it's it's special what they've what they've done here. And th- like it's it's something too that that I want to point out. And this is maybe like somewhere between presentation and music, but um also like the performances I think are really strong in this game. Um like in terms of the actual, you know, vocal performances from the the voice actors both for new and returning characters, I think are really strong. Um I, I just wanted to make sure we we shouted that out because they uh I think I think pretty much everybody has turned in a really good performance here. Um and yeah, just like everything like from that pers- that audio perspective, even like little moments like when you first go when you go down your first chasm into the depths and you get that intimidating horn that <laughs> you know yeah. it is like it, it sends shivers down your spirit like what is this like what otherworldly you know thing have i just stumbled into like it's it's tiny stuff like they they just have a total understanding of of what makes moments like these stand out and what will burn into your brain in that way. I honestly um, even like the new boss Bacoblin thing. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and the one thing I, I love about this game is that it nods to so many existing themes from Breath of the Wild, right? Like it, mm. it takes those themes and uh, just ups the ante. Like even the, even if, if you want to know like how the music compares between these two games, take the main theme from Breath of the Wild the vibes that you get from that and then take the main theme from this game and how it's like they crank up the intensity and the epic scale of it to just two and 11 from where it couldn't be more different where breath of the Wild, Yeah. It's, it's bonkers because breath of the wild is again, my favorite game of all time prior to the launch tears of the kingdom has one of my favorite soundtracks ever. Uh, Mm-hmm. And and I love the town themes. Um, I love the what and and you know they did cool stuff with that in this game. Like there's uh, yeah. not to get too spoilery here, but there's there's uh, problems that need to be solved in in towns. And while mm-hmm. the problem is present, the town theme plays, and it's got this like haunting, yeah, or or off that that fits what's going on. Uh, and then when you fix that, it it goes away and go, you get that classic theme back. 
it, it, it's just like little nods to that where you're like, I really like what they, uh, the music is a perfect example of what they've done with the whole game. They took what they had in breath of the wild and then they just injected it with a whole bunch more Zelda. They're like, put it all in there. Everything we've learned from this entire franchise. Boom. Yeah. I love how uh, I love how much more brassy the whole thing is too. Just like instrumentationally, like I like the like the the usage of like these kind of brass instruments and how just yeah big and bombastic a lot of it feels. the The main theme is just a great example of that. Like it is so that saxophone like, though. It's so oh, good. it's so good. <laughs> I I just I love that stuff. Just makes me like melt. Like, uh, yeah, it's very good, dude. Yeah, it's very, very. There's good. not too many times in the game where I actually felt like nervous or or on edge. But, uh, you know, to your point a couple of minutes ago, Andros, about, uh, a, you know, the different kind of town theme, uh, even for the Koroks, there's like, oh, a, oh like a corrupted Korok theme that uh, that really I was like, oh, there's something clearly very wrong going on in this part of the map. Uh, but yeah, I mean that and the, the final, you know, as you're the, the approaching whole, the end yeah, the of the game, whole. I'm like, oh crud, I'm actually nervous right now. Oh man. G- Ganondorf again, steals the show. Uh, and anytime he comes in, the music is just so good. They do. So they, they take his theme and they, it's working overtime, you know, like it's, I got, yeah, I got to the end and I was like, you know what? I've done so much. Because, uh, again, you know, I was kind of thinking back to Breath of the Wild, because if you do, you know, uh, just more than the bare minimum in Breath of the Wild, to be honest, the final boss fight isn't too bad. But, you know, I was going into the final boss fight of this like, oh, you know, I'm fine. I'm confident. I've done more than enough. This is probably going to be, you know, this will be cool. It's Ganondorf, classic villain. But as I just continue to listen to the music, like that confidence kind of like just slid away like am i though am i actually okay <laughs> oh man yeah spoiler cast we need to get on this spoiler dude cast. i know that i want to say something specifically i've been thinking this whole time about how to say this without spoiling it um there is a you guys will know what i'm talking about when i say it anybody who's played the game will know what i'm talking about when i say this um, there is an oral identity to a certain, there's an instrument, the theremin instrument that is very, uh, specifically tied to things in this game. Um, and the way that there is like a version of that, that weaves into other character themes is like just so special and like well done and i just yeah like most everything else with this game it is is truly truly remarkable and i couldn't believe what i was hearing most of the time now is it last year xenoblade chronicles 3 that soundtrack like blew my mind is it to is it there not quite for me but it's close but that soundtrack was written like that was the last soundtrack we'd ever hear ever (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. like that, that well, yeah. i don't know what they did to to that guy is he okay <laughs> like like You're right like, like yeah the, the the team behind that is uh insane but yeah yeah i i yeah it's still I, this this is a very different vibe i'd say and 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 mm-hmm. it, i feel like it does pull a lot of inspiration from the chronicles 3 and there there was a mm-hmm. lot of like that flute um yeah and and you know just like the just these very strong me- melo- melodic 
like like very strong yeah, melodies instrument yeah. these these instruments that were that very strong through lines um that were playing themes that are familiar and new and it it's great yeah yeah really good and good music there there, <laughs> there is a distinct lack of accordion that a lot of people have i don't want to uh, talk about that dlc right yeah, no DLC, well, right here's the thing <laughs> this is a sore spot here's the thing i cared insofar as i unlocked the final version of the new stable theme because it has oh to oh my god yes. it has to be said the stable trotters are better than Cass. I'm sorry, it had to be said. Oh, no. stable tr- oh, 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 oh! Shots fired. They are pretty well, good. Okay, <laughs> they're really they're good. Really though. good. I, I love those characters so much. I, 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 I love that whole that whole little bit there. When you yeah, when you unite that that whole again, no spoilers, but when you get the the band We're back together the band and you back get <laughs> when you get that going and you hear like the sort of like full suite of the stable theme, which is just a Pona yeah. song, like, it's like I don't even is, need to save the world. I'm just gonna sit here for the next twenty minutes and listen to this. It's beautiful. It, it is it is absolutely stunning. Now that being said, yeah, the, the, the cast, that is a sore spot for me. Like cast cast that really did hurt my feelings. He was my favorite NPC in, uh, in breath of the wild, but there is a, a sort of NPC in this game that reminds me a lot of Cass, (laughs) Who's also really good. There's Uh, not talking about another Rito. Yes. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's pretty good. I like him quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Talking about his little birds and warbles. Oh my yeah. gosh! Talking Again, they did Hyrule Twitter <laughs> with, with the with the design of his character is is very unique while being the same like race as as you know it's Rito, but they're like, yeah. how can we make a very unique Rito like they, like that? I love that. There's so many there's so many new characters because I'm I'm very familiar with Breath of the Wild having put like hundreds upon hundreds of hours into Breath of the Wild, and one of the projects I wanted to take on at some point was like. Hey, let's do a, a little dive into each NPC and their backstory and their and their life. And there's so many returning characters that I'm like, yeah. oh, this is what happened to so and so. But there's also so many new characters uh, that just weren't in the previous game. Or yeah, there. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. I, this isn't to I, do with yeah. music anymore. Now I'm just talking about characters and story again. <laughs> there's, but yeah, dude, there's so, so much here though. That's the we we have talked this long and we haven't even gotten to gameplay yet. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. <laughs> just just final thoughts on music. Consider how much I was able to add to the conversation when it came to video game music. <laughs> That's how good the soundtrack is. It's real. It, it is the soundtrack to beat this year for me for sure. Like it is, it is the soundtrack to beat in terms of like, it, it is going to be tough uh, for, for sure, man. But yeah, we, guys, there's so much to talk about with gameplay. We need to rip the bandaid off and get into some of this gameplay stuff, man. Well, thankfully it's so simple in tears of the kingdom. Uh, yeah. But yes, let's go ahead. I mean, the, the narrative <laughs> is 
really, really good. Presentation's fantastic. Music is fantastic. But, I mean, how does Tears of the Kingdom actually play? It's all right, I guess. Yeah. It's yeah. it's fine. It's you, right. you know, it could could have been... Guys, it's phenomenal. What are you thinking? What, what, what do you think is going to happen here? This okay. Well, uh, on, on we're talking level. all these categories. We're talking all these categories. This far and away blows every other thing out of the water to me. It's, yeah. This is the core of what this game is, and it feels very Nintendo, right? That gameplay is king, and this game takes its gameplay mechanics and just built a whole game around these mechanics in an amazing way, an amazing way. So base level, if you've played Breath of the Wild or really any Zelda game, you'll know roundabouts how Link runs around, how he feels, and uh, the combat where you basically just hit Y to, to slash your sword, that all returns. Like a lot of the core concepts do return from Breath of the wild uh, in terms of general movement. You get uh, your paraglider very early on uh, throughout the course of the game. So that returns. I don't feel like that's a spoiler, Uh, but a lot of familiar elements of breath of the wild are there. Now breath of the wild was built on the four pillars of your Sheikah bombs uh, in your metal kinesis cryonis and honestly, I don't even remember the other power from Breath stasis. of the Wild at this point. Yes, yeah. stasis. Thank you. Stasis uh, is the one that I want again. <laughs> yeah, I think so Cause, too. Because the other yeah. stuff's kind of like covered, you know? But, but stasis, yeah. yeah. But here we have four new powers that, honestly, Breath of the Wild's entire thing was this big open world that emphasized freedom. And, uh, you know, Seth, I, I completely agree with you. I don't want to just be a like bash on Breath of the Wild. But when it comes to freedom, Tears of the Kingdom looks at Breath of the Wild and says, you're cute, son. The, the amount of things that you can do with the tools, the tool set that you are given with Ultra Hand, with Fuse, with Ascension, with uh you know re- uh, reverse uh, I, recall I'm, recall thank you mm-hmm. is just absolutely staggering just genuinely staggering what you can potentially do f- at at any given moment at any given moment uh, I mean you yeah, can my, build things you can fuse things you can <laughs> my YouTube feed is absolutely exploding with just. <laughs> <laughs> I built this in Tears of the Kingdom, and it's just like these crazy, crazy creations. The Batmobile. Uh, that honestly may be my mechanized- favorite thing, is just <laughs> seeing, like, almost like Mario Maker, just seeing the insane stuff that people are doing with this incredibly well-realized tool set that Nintendo has crafted. Yeah, uh, Micah and I were, were playing this together uh, yesterday for for a stream uh, that that we were doing, we we've been doing these build battle competitions mm-hmm. where oh, we yeah. where we like uh, have a challenge, and each of us has fifteen minutes to build a thing that will complete the challenge. And we were talking about how never more have we wanted multiplayer in a Zelda game than now. <laughs> yeah. Like like this That's game, fair. like it it just breeds that creativity 
and what would be so fun to to experience in some sort of multiplayer capacity. It's so fun on your own. And I, I this isn't to like downplay and go like, oh man, this could be so much better with multiplayer. But I've never wanted to share this experience more with someone else simultaneously than in than ever before in a Zelda game, right? Like, but if you're listening to this and somehow are unfamiliar with the new abilities in Legend of Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom, uh, kind of the marquee one is called Ultra Hand, and Essentially, it expands on the metal telekinesis from Breath of the Wild to be able to essentially move a great, great number of things. Did you know that Ultra Hand was one of Nintendo's first (laughs) toys released? That's the new new Doki Doki Panic uh, thing. Yeah, Did you know Ultra Hand? But yeah, Ultra (laughs) Hand allows you to uh, manipulate just like Metal Kinesis did in Breath of the Wild. It allows you to manipulate things, to lift them, to move them. Okay, you said to- Metal Kinesis. I was like, is this a Metal Gear Solid villain? What are we talking about here? <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was so confused, but I get but, it. <laughs> but yeah, uh, because it only worked on Metal in Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But in this game, it <laughs> works sounds on... sounds like a boss. <laughs> yeah, but in this game, it works on stone, it works on wood, it works on metal, it works on basically any of the weapons or items or materials that you can find in the overworld. But the big draw to it is, of course, the fact that you can attach things together. And just that simple fact, there are some limits there, uh, but honestly they allow for quite a bit more freedom than I was even expecting because you can attach logs to, uh, to stones to create, you know, a, a club or something. You use that with the fusibility, but the amount of stuff that you can build is with just even a slight amount of creativity becomes like a near infinite. And the the shrines in this game are a great are a fantastic way to really spark that creativity because the shrines do return as well. It's uh, one of those things that's like low barrier of entry but high skill ceiling for the building, uh, it, where where you can come in and and have a lot of fun with it without much talent and uh, <laughs> without much talent. I mean, with, without much like. Yeah, you don't need an engineering degree, right? But right. the more you get the hang of the mechanics of the building and what sort of things you can do with it, the crazier your solutions to puzzles and uh, your solutions to take to traversal and taking on enemies becomes. And it's like sky's the limit on what you can do. Like we're just we've we're already seeing so much creativity in the online space. Uh, but we're just scratching the surface. It's only going to get crazier as people discover new ways to implement the things that we go. And that's super exciting to me. Uh, Yeah. It it is really indicative of how many possibilities uh, just the base tool set allows you with ultra handed with fuse. It's amazing. Uh, It's, it's so staggering the amount of possibility that constantly I've been seeing people on Twitter solve shrines and solve puzzles in ways that they think might have been the dev intended way, 
But there's so many ways that you can tackle things with this new tool set that a lot of people aren't even sure if they're doing things the dev intended way or not. <laughs> I I had an experience that I think perfectly encapsulates that. Uh, there is a series of side quests where you will have to like carry NPCs from one location to another. Oh, yes. And on one of these side quests, I have was like... Have you been a good boy, Andros? Uh, <laughs> or have you been... Or, yes. or have you been very okay? You have uh, no, okay. no, no. This I, I think you're thinking. You're, I think you're thinking of uh, Mario sixty four Penguin. I'm. It's not like that. Uh, there's a certain carriage that you need to get Got from it. one location yep, to another. Yep, yep, yep. One of these such occasions, I, I thought I'm gonna, I'm gonna do something crazy here. I'm gonna <laughs> attach, I'm gonna attach some big wheels to this guy. All right, big wheels, which are electric powered. Thing. so then i then i put a little control stick on it and i was like i'm just gonna drive this thing up there i'm not gonna use a horse that's what they want you to do mm-hmm. and so i drove this thing to the location well come up to the next one of those cart things and right next to it on in the in the overworld is four of yeah. those wheels and a control yep. stick. So I wasn't creative. It was a dev intended way to do it. I just thought I was so cool. And I was like, oh well actually they thought of that and they were like, yeah, do that. <laughs> it's like it's 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 mind-boggling how much they get like this is what they did with Breath of the Wild is they said, here's the sandbox, go play. And here in Tears of the Kingdom not only do we have a sandbox, now we have a whole bunch of stuff. You with have the, the ultimate have multi-tool. The, yeah, you have your Swiss Army knife. You have uh, unlimited options of buckets, and they just place those for you everywhere you could use them. And there's going to be 30 ways to do the one thing. It's it's like an open world meets an open mechanic, a, a, a mechanic that's super. And the only thing I can even compare is like Minecraft. Right. Yeah. Like like Minecraft captures this with an open world and then you go out and then you can craft things. You can make whatever you want in Minecraft and you get creative enough with it. You could do like wild stuff. And this mm-hmm. game does that. But it's Zelda. <laughs> so it has all the Zelda stuff I love, too. And I, mean, I just think it's great. But what takes it really to the next level when it comes to just that is the fact that it's not just wood or stone or metal. This game has devices. Just like Link's stamina, just like Link's health, there is now a third stat that uh, Link has, a third attribute that Link has that you can permanently increase, like his health or his stamina, and that is his battery power to be able to power these myriad number of devices that he can find throughout Hyrule now. And just, just having... Again, the stone, the wood, and the metal, and the different forms and boulders and trees and weapons and materials that you could find, and putting those together in unique and interesting ways, that alone would have been enough. But the different, the different electric, the different mechanical, the different uh, powered devices that you can run with only a couple dozen of them. The different ways that I've seen people put them together genuinely makes me think that there is no, like genuinely no limit to what you can create. The actual feats of engineering that I've seen on Twitter are absolutely mind-blowing, on par with Nintendo's black magic of somehow fitting this game on a Switch cartridge. It is 
Like I've seen actual like mecha combiners. It's it's absolutely insane. Yeah, this is this is actually an element of the game that I didn't think when we first saw that like Aonuma gameplay. Yeah, I I was impressed, but I didn't think that I was going to engage with it as much as I ended up engaging with it. Like I looked at it and I said, "Okay, this is cool," and I'm like, "This is neat and impressive that they've done this," but I didn't think that it would really speak to me or appeal to me or that I would ever be the type to make stuff in this game. Um, but what's really cool is like, yeah, because the game is constantly provide, uh, providing these like avenues for you to play around with these abilities, like ultra hand to make your own little creations like this. Um, they, they have like, for, for example, the Lurland village quest, right? Yep. There's, uh, you have to gather a bunch of logs. You have to gather like, I don't know, 12 logs or something like that, or 20 15. logs, yeah. 15. That's what it is. Yeah. So believe me, I was, I, I, I'm well aware of that number because that one took me a while. Well, so here's what I did with that is I created like a logging truck. Like yep. I made yep. like, me too. <laughs> I made like a little truck and I, I made like a little thing with like a covered like back portion. And like, I, I stacked the wood together and I glued them together with ultra hand and I put them in the back <laughs> of my truck. And I basically, it was like, I was doing a little like American truckers, you know, <laughs> like episode or something. Um, it's so it was funny. really cool. Like little stuff like that. Like you were talking driving about simulator um, 2023. Totally. It totally felt like that. And like, I, uh, but you're talking about Andros, like the, um, the, the stable trotters stuff, like getting the, the carriage. And I, like, there's a moment where you're supposed to like, uh, build like a, you're, you're supposed to put the carriage and make like a boat around the carriage. And yeah. I tried to just build like the world's longest bridge to like get <laughs> over the water. Uh, my horse wouldn't go over it, but, um, but I, I was like, <laughs> let me try. So there was like a couple of those little, cause you'll find these Hudson co, uh, kind of like booths, like all around these pallets with just wood and like building material on them all around. And yeah. I, I just like stacked, it must've been like 20 pieces of wood together. And I was like, ah, I just made this awesome bridge. Forget building a <laughs> boat. The horse wouldn't take it, but I was able to do it. Like I was able to make it, you know, and it's a little stuff like that, that I didn't think I would engage with. Now I will say, um, if I, if I have to be critical about it a little bit, I do think that it is a bit complicated for the average gamer. I do think that in a way that like my nephews, I'm like, here, go, go nuts, breath of the wild, have fun. Um, in this game, if they want to engage, like if, if of a young gamer or somebody who doesn't play a, a lot of games, like, is encountered with like the act of actually controlling this game. Like this game utilizes like every button on that dang controller. Yeah. And like, it can be kind of complicated when you're having to swap to the ability, when you're having to rotate. Like I still, like I basically, when I rotate stuff in this game, I still feel like I don't have a handle on it. I yeah, still feel like too. I'm kind of just, and you're ta- I'm just kind of hitting buttons. And it never buttons. attaches quite where you want. Like, oh right. yeah, it, 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 it does have struggles. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. Sure. I, I do think that there's a little s- of that. Yeah, there's so many things that you can do that. Yeah, even s- there, there are some things in the game that you have to press and hold this button, then press and hold this button, then use the right stick to uh, you know, and then yeah. let go of this button, then let go of this button to do what you want to do. There's so many things to do in this game, and even on top of that, they still had to do 
even on top of that, they still had to map this, you know, the same ability uh, to like several abilities to a single button. So that would probably be my one of my big gripes is in, in addition to the different powers that Link has specifically, you do wind up getting new abilities throughout the course of the game. The problem is, is those are all mapped to a single button, which is also used to interact with things and also used to pick up things. So I'm sure you guys also accidentally activated a lot of abilities when you were just trying to run and pick stuff up or Big when you were just trying to yeah. talk somebody. I'm My brain is hardwired for the Breath of the Wild controls. So to this day, 100 plus hours in, I am still hitting up on the D-pad to switch my my rune ability instead of <laughs> holding down r and it is it is maddeningly frustrating i'm like i can't undo that wiring because i played so much of that game and there's there's lots of little things like that where i click the wrong button to get to the map uh, mm. or to like like these quick keys that were present in the first game but yeah but yeah, they but I- needed to be moved because there's so much that there's so many things with the mechanics that you need the, the controller real estate is maxed out here I know, like we, need, just, we need to bring back that six button uh sega controller for this one we're tapped out like we're tapped out on the controller so i do i do think i i think it is as simple and accessible as it probably could be um i think nintendo has done about as good a job as like can be expected considering how like really complicated this mechanic is they have made it approachable they should be commended for that but but i do think it like it's not quite at a hundred percent for me and i i want to say too because the the other big ability that we haven't really tapped into yet is fuse of course um and Fuse is a really interesting ability because you can, and we saw this again in the Aonuma gameplay pre-release, you can fuse anything to anything, essentially, and use it as a weapon. You can fuse a mushroom to the end of your sword. You could fuse a shield to your shield and have a shield shield, right? Oh, I, I'm um, a big fan of shield shields. <laughs> oh, me I too. Yeah. Like my, my inventory's full. I can't take this shield. Well, uh, <laughs> correction, shield, I can. Shield, baby. Well, that was... <laughs> They wanted to keep, it was clear to me, they wanted to keep weapon degradation in this game, which does return for those who don't know. However, it was also very clear that they heard people who had criticisms of that and Fuse honestly felt to me like a direct response. So you have weapon degradation here specifically. However, just like with Ultra Hand, your ability to mix and match and create new weapon formats is similarly staggering. Any weapon that you pick up can be fused to just about anything in the game that you can interact with. It can be fused to logs and to stones like you can use with Ultra Hand. It can be fused to most of the materials that you can collect, uh, most of which are used for for potions or for uh, you know item quests, and they can be fused to other weapons, like they showed off in that Alnuma gameplay preview. You can you can fuse a long stick to a long stick to make a super long stick. Whatever you really want to do, you can, and it it gives you so many more options. So many more options in this game. Link's arrows may be the most versatile weapon in Nintendo history. 
Well, yeah, like being able, the fact that they, because they did remove the Sheikah Slate abilities and now you have your your sort of like arm abilities and stuff. So you don't have the Sheikah Slate bombs anymore, right? Instead, now you've got bomb arrows, which you the bomb flowers from like Zelda history come back and you can fuse those to your arrow and have bomb arrows, right? But they're like way more powerful and, and potent than the uh, the Sheikah bombs were. So that is just like the <laughs> most base. Oh yeah, big time. But that's like a baseline example. And I think that what it has done, and I'm curious what you, what you guys take on this is, because this is something that I, over the course of my entire time of this game, have been back and forth on back and forth. Probably my single biggest actual complaint with the game is I think that the fuse mechanic and the sort of accentuation of... Uh, of of ranged combat and the versatility that you mentioned, Eric, of ranged combat in this game because of Fuse has caused Nintendo to almost overcorrect. And yeah. because of that, the enemies have these enormous health pools. Yeah, and I do. think that be- because the melee combat has always been so kind of simplistic in these games, you're kind of just, yeah, you can parry, yeah, you can dodge, but you're kind of just mashing Y you know, over and over and just kind of smacking people around. So when they have had to sort of overcorrect and give these enemies these big health pools because your range combat is so much more versatile now, the melee combat, I think, has been drastically worsened uh, to the point where it's like now especially in the end game, just like in breath of the wild, when the enemies begin to scale like a silver bokoblin, I'm just like smacking away at it for like five minutes, getting it into like a, like a three hit combo. It's flying away. Then I go chase it down and smack it again. It's like, it, it is really and like fighting like a bigger enemy, like a Gleok or a Lionel. Forget it. It's like a 20 minute fight. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, so I have complaints about Gleoks, man. <laughs> I think, I think, that they are a very cool addition. I I really like mm-hmm. them as like a mini boss because for those that, that played Breath of the Wild, we had mini bosses in that game as well. Lion- yeah. Lionels make a return. Um, yeah. Hinox and Talus um, with with new forms as well as the the ones from Breath of the Wild. Uh, Gliok is brand new, mm-hmm. and I'm just bummed that they they give you so little. Yeah. After defeating them. Well, they're treated basically like a super boss, but yeah, they should give you more. They don't give you any like super substantial reward. They do give you some really cool. Yeah. They give you some cool material and and that can be used for fusion and crafting, which is really cool. Yeah. A lot of the Uh, Gleok stuff, a lot of stuff like that. You, you get those, they're used for like upgrading uh, the armor and, and yeah, I, 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 but compare that to, um, another new, enemy to this game uh, construct Mm -hmm. and when you beat a construct you freaking win the lottery man like it drops there's stuff so much stuff and you're like wow and then there's a big thing that drops that you can't pick up but you could fuse with something and it and it's really good and and it's like gleox don't do that and and that's a that's a that's annoying to me (laughs) i i i go i look at i see a gleox and i'm like i'm just gonna pass i'm just gonna go around i don't want it's not worth it that brought up another point there's so many really cool details in this game that i absolutely uh adore and one of my favorites honestly is taking into account the new fuse ability uh all the all the enemies that you face in the game 
they now have like redesigned horns and headdresses that are specifically yeah. designed to to be like spear to tips. be like yeah to <laughs> be like the heads of weapons heads and they're and- so cool when you start attaching these horns and these headdresses from Dude, these defeated enemies and the like the- even the new bokoblin you know horns and headdresses and the way they look at the it looks just absolutely amazing it looks so so cool i love that as a new ability my absolute favorite is the uh i i I don't know if this is specific to like a type of lizolfo but there's like the scythe yeah the the silver the silver silver at lizolfo those weapons look so cool you you put that onto your weapon and it basically just turns it into this crazy looking like grim reaper scythe that looks like something out of like a Devil May Cry game. <laughs> yeah, Put that scythe at the end of a gloom sphere, and you look like Death Incarnate. Yeah, yeah, it's do, really, really cool, do. dude. Well, it's and so and another thing that that they've done here, the another change that I do really like, despite my, like I said, I think that it is sort of like it has poked holes or revealed issues with with the melee combat because of all this stuff. But I do like a, a change that they made with the melee combat is they've almost taken a page out of like a Borderlands uh, book where something that I like about Borderlands is every like gun manufacturer in Borderlands has like a gimmick to it. Like, oh, mm-hmm. Jacobs has like the the rocket powered stuff or, you know, whatever. In this game, they have something similar to that where now, like, for example, Zora weapons, when they're wet, they do exponentially more damage. Oh, so, yes. That whole. Th- and yeah. there's like so much to dive into with that there's so much with the uh, like the the weapon abilities and mm-hmm. what they add especially when you fuse things uh, yeah yeah to- totally like you were saying eric like forgot. like the gloom weapons yeah. like cost gloom like you will enact gloom which is essentially taking a heart away it has this this thing called gloom toll on it so which you guys remember like, will- the uh that that armor set from twilight princess yeah. Oh, yeah, that like yeah, yeah. that like saps your health or or, ru- or was it rupees? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 rupees. Yeah, yeah. it's like it's yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Keep going. No, it's 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 just and they they even they they play with that in interesting ways. And what I would like to see in in the you know whatever they follow this game up with is I'd like to see them take that even further to where you could have like honest to goodness builds because there are a couple of really interesting things. There is a bow in this game that does more damage depending on how much health you have. And I'm like, man, like there's some really cool little like, um, you know, little synergies you can create there. Like I love using uh, one of the abilities you get from the water temple, which just creates like a water shield over you in conjunction with a Zora weapon is like awesome. And oh it my also gosh, that yeah. blowing my mind yeah. right now, Seth. I didn't like, even think about that. Yeah, there's so like there's so many little things, but they all act the way you would expect them to. Uh, obviously, it you know there's so much more than just dealing straight damage. You can set enemies on fire. You can electrify enemies. You can freeze them. You can you know get you know them wet for uh, additional effects, and they all work the way you'd expect. You know, fire. Uh, will actually cause an enemy to to run around uh, and be a little upset that it's actually literally on fire. Uh, in addition to doing damage over time, shocking an enemy with thunder will uh, understandably get them to actually drop the weapons that they're holding that you can then pick up and kill them with their own weapon, which is not something that I've never done, clearly. <laughs> uh, but, you know, on top of that, you know, you can freeze enemies. But yeah, they've added this new thing 
called gloom, which uh, temporarily causes non-recoverable health, which is a really, really interesting new status effect for this game. I, I love stuff like that. And because of all of these little things and the way that all of the systems of this game interplay, it actually has turned Tears of the Kingdom for me. Like Breath of the Wild had a lot of like Dark Souls comparisons and stuff, which I yeah. think are, are fair and valid. To me, Tears of the Kingdom is almost more of like an immersive sim, like a Bioshock or a Dishonored or something like that, where it's all about the way these little mechanics are interplaying together. And I I think that that is so brilliant. Um, despite my misgivings with melee combat in this game, because there are now so many more utilities for ranged combat, like being able to put a muddle bud on my, on my arrow mm-hmm. and use it to completely confuse the enemy, like completely changes like the entire scope of the combat, putting a, like a splash melon or whatever on the uh, splash, or splash fruit, fruit yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And that like, like dousing the enemy and then using a shock fruit right behind it. Like, Little tiny things like that, setting the ground on fire and being able to then use the updraft, the updraft yeah, like to to go into the air and go slow mo and just wail on them with like the you know they they have really made that satisfying and given the player so many more options in that regard. I think I think that's really impressive. Like that has really changed the way that I engage with combat in this game. It's it feels entirely different from Breath of the Wild in good and bad ways for me. Well, that brings me to far and away my biggest criticism of the game. Um, if you want combat, you can get plenty of combat in this game. There are enemies absolutely everywhere, and there are very powerful enemies absolutely everywhere. And you're in Breath of the Wild, you're arguably your biggest kind of the, the feather in the cap, the real trump card you had, uh, was your the flurry rush, your perfect dodge, yeah. and your flurry rush, which if you were able to dodge an attack within a decently sized window, you would perform a perfect dodge, take no damage from the attack, and then follow up with like seven or eight thousand strikes. The window for the flurry rush has changed considerably for this game. And has it? It feels wildly because I, I that spent would, I that spent would a explain long, a lot for me yeah. honestly because I the window feels completely off. I did I spent a not insignificant part of time basically sparring with a couple different enemies to try to learn their flurry rush timing, and I, I do understand because the window in Breath of the Wild felt very generous. It, yeah, right. um, yes. but in this game. Honestly, it feels like there's a 30 frame window where if you hit it within the first 10 frames of that window, you get it. If you get it in the middle 10 frames, you don't get it. But if you get it in the last 10 frames, it's like there's two 10 frame windows back to back with a 10 frame window in the middle. It the, the flurry rush timing for this game feels completely weird and frankly inconsistent. I would I get agree. I would get flurry rush uh, on enemies, like at the very beginning of their windup, yeah. I would n- I would not get it in the middle of their even, attack. But I, I would even s- put this yeah. t- like two and two together here because I struggled with this a lot, and uh, like don't want to get too much into spoilers here, but I, I mean that that ability flurry rush is very important. Yes, for your f- for for the final boss fight, and 
uh, I struggled way more than I think I should have with 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 hitting those timing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just didn't really like put two and two together that it was the timing was different than what I, it's what, weird. What I was used it to. Is that, weird. that makes sense. Now that you're saying that, I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah, that would explain. Yeah. It's not me. Obviously, it's the game. I, I'm yeah. not bad at the game. <laughs> the game well, I, you know, I'm a big fighting game guy, so like parries, dodges. Eric can feel that stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This yeah. Is- I, I, I trust Eric. If this timing's yeah. off, then it's off. <laughs> yeah, for so real, the, for real. Yeah, the 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 flurry rush timing feel, feels like I'm big overcorrection for Tears of the Kingdom. It feels frankly inconsistent. I mean, thankfully, you have literal mechas that you can create to help you out with combat. You don't necessarily need them most of the time, but I like to get in with and I I really liked being able to get it's an incredibly satisfying thing to get. Totally. I am a little frustrated that I can't get it more consistently. Yeah. It it feels like because, again, because you do have so many more combat options, it feels like Nintendo did just in in a lot of ways overcorrect to make the game still feel difficult. And it does. Like, in fact, I think this game is significantly more difficult than Breath of the Wild. Oh, I died in terms of its combat. I died so. Then again, a lot of that comes from the fact that I prioritized stamina at the beginning because I. Sure. I want you, the, you and me you both, know. brother. Let's go. Yeah, yeah stamina I, all the way. No hearts. Who needs hearts? Yeah, it opens up the map <laughs> for you. But yeah, uh, and just pro tip Can for anybody, not a spoiler, but if you're going to try to stay alive, prioritizing defense over hearts is what's going to keep you alive. Not saying yes. you're not going to need more hearts, but you are significantly more keen on staying alive if you have higher defense versus having higher hearts. I got one shot by a moblin when I had 14 hearts once. And then I was like, no, I'm doing I'm doing the the, the quest that allows me to get the weapon or the the armor, the armor. upgrades. The um, thing the thing about that I, and and I think this is maybe uh, uh maybe a problem that I'm not sure if there's really a solution to is there are so many mechanics. I mean this, Seth's here talking about how you could combine the uh, like water shield ability with the water upgrade weapons. I I haven't even messed with that at all. I haven't looked. <laughs> I see those and I go, oh yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'm going to think of like good ways to combo this, and then I forget about it, and I just use scythes and spears that are really strong. <laughs> um, and you know, Eric's talking about the flurry rushes. There's there's so many mechanics and side quests and things that some pretty vital pieces of the game can be missed. Oh, and yeah. I, th- I think we can talk about this for very early game. You can completely skip getting the paraglider. There yeah. was a, yeah, there was a news article I saw going around where, where it was like many gamers get kidnapped by Impa. Um, I don't know if you guys saw that, <laughs> yeah. but it's like, there's, yes. there's a, there's a point where Impa takes you on a hot air balloon ride and you can get there before you get the paraglider. How do you get down? weird like oversight a, like a, yeah. a big oversight uh there's there's and and that happened to a not insignificant amount of people right mm-hmm. and there is a key mechanic we we haven't talked about it because uh i i think this kind of dives into Jewish spoilers but there's more than just the four ultra hand abilities there's 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 at least one more uh significant ultra hand ability that i did not get until I rolled credits. And really? I, okay. I kid you not, I I internally screamed. I was like, oh <laughs> we'll my see. gosh. 
45 hours in and oh. I didn't see this ability that makes uh, the building mechanic so much easier and so it's like it would be so vital to have had that early game armor another thing like eric's talking about like i'm gonna go do this armor set side quest that's not like a super intuitive you're gonna run into that on like just going through the story side quest you kind of you gotta find it right yeah and there's these like little things like that 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 uh build ability uh the armor set upgrades the paraglider um and like like the weapon combos i i didn't even feel like i was fully utilizing fuse for the first couple days i was playing and then once i realized oh this is vital you know and it's just there's so many systems at play that you don't know where to to stick right and you just pick a direction and you go that was kind of yeah that was that that was the MO for Breath of the Wild is like, listen, we've put a bunch of stuff in this game for you to get and power yourself up with. We're not going to tell you where any of it is. Just go have fun, go explore. And there is a lot more of that here. Now we expect a lot of it to return, and most of it does return. Uh, but you know, having that experience with Breath of the Wild, we, we a lot of us Breath of the Wild veterans are just kind of predisposed to, okay, I know how this is done fundamentally, but how do I trigger it in this game? So we went kind of out of our way to go looking for a lot of it. Yes. Yeah, um, 100%. This game, so Breath of the Wild, if you made a video that was like, what I wish I'd known when I started Breath of the Wild. Oh, I've seen would, a bunch of those already. <laughs> would be like, there, there'd be like a few things. It's like, oh yeah, I wish I had known uh, about uh, this side quest that would get you this good item. But Tears of the Kingdom, it's like there your list gets really long very quickly of what I wish I had done first. Um, I'm I'm gonna put this out here for everybody out there. Please go to the depths. Do the side mission that has you go to the depths. You will not regret it because it the depths offers a lot of things that will make your playthrough overall in the overworld much yeah. simpler, well, uh, including th- expanding expanding your battery. Yeah. Um, extra abilities and uh like armor and weapons like there there's just some benefits to that going there early that i just didn't do because there's so much else to explore you know but see that's the thing like because there is so much i didn't roll credits on the game until i had already hit the 140 hour mark and just in the time i've spent since rolling the credits i've still i've still found some insane stuff some staggering stuff since mm-hmm. I've rolled credits on the game, some stuff that I couldn't believe that I hadn't found. And I'm not just talking about a one-off. That's happened several times since I've rolled credits where I found something like, wow. Big I can't side quest. This is also, yeah, big stuff. Yes, yes. Big stuff. There, uh, it was, there have been a couple of times playing this where Eric and I have texted each other. And like, for example, right? It's not a spoiler to say the Master Swords in this game, right? Yeah. Uh, <gasps> the Master Swords in this game? It's in, it's in here. Oh, my God. The way that Eric and I found the Master Sword was completely different. Yep. We we had totally oh, different yeah. approaches. We, we I was like, Eric hey, did you do credits. the Master Sword quest? He was like, yeah, I did this and this and this. I was like, I didn't do any of that. What are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah, and then like oh, wait, even well, I, like I I'm gonna have to ask after the show. I'll, how, yeah, what after, the well, I'll tell you, it's it's interesting, and like even like after rolling credits, I was like, yeah, like the, this cutscene was so cool at the end. Eric's like, I didn't see that, 
and turned out there was a whole like optional and missable temple in the game that like you don't you didn't even get like that, a, Eric. What? What? Yeah, how did you a what? major story thing that is missable? Hundred and forty hours. Well, what? There's so much to I do. I know that's crazy. <laughs> that's nuts. Just, I, right? I just assume so that you would that. Yeah, I, I, but yeah, it's totally missable. It's totally missable, skippable. Yeah. Which is and crazy. That's, that's crazy to me. Like, it's nuts to me that, like, there is stuff of that caliber in this game that you don't have to engage with. And it's not even obvious that you have to engage with it. Like, I don't blame them for, for, for like, miss. I'm sure there are a ton of people who, who completely miss that temple, you know? And I'm just like, man, like, there's a yeah. lot of stuff in here that's like that. Where I mean, like, there's a- I, sh- I should have figured, considering that, you know, I can count the number of fingers on Link's hand. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Missing a ring. Yeah. yeah. And I do really like the fact that Link's, uh, I do really like the fact that Link's hand is just literally the infinity gauntlet. I do like that. Just gets blinged out. Yeah. <laughs> well, and some, something that we haven't, we haven't really talked about yet uh, are the temples and like, not to get like hardcore into them, but this game does, I feel like a really good job. Uh, another big complaint with, with breath of the yep. wild was yep. the divine beasts, right? Yeah. And um, the bosses. Uh, yes. as well, which I, I think is a kind of a, a bundled together complaint is that the divine mm-hmm. beasts and the bosses feel samey, like the theme uh, and the overall the like what you Ganons. do and yeah, like what what you do in each of the dungeons, the theming of the environment in the dungeons, the blights are all just like oh, it's Ganon one, Ganon two, and Ganon three. Like Th- and they don't thunderblight Ganon can get in the bin though. I if I never have to fight a <laughs> thunderblight Ganon ever again though, I'll be happy. No, this game yeah. has this game has a thunderblight in my opinion. That <laughs> well, the, same the game same place is... too. For uh, ironically, <laughs> well, Tears, Tears of the Kingdom just does a, an, I think as good because you know the the reality is is that. These like kind of open world Zelda games, it doesn't make sense for them to have traditional Zelda dungeons. It doesn't make sense for it to have that structure of go here, get this, this key item, do the small key and the, you know, that, that whole chestnut of traditional Zelda games doesn't fit in a game where you can go and do whatever you want and miss stuff. Even it doesn't fit in that structure. So Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they have, they have, I think struck the perfect balance with this game of having these temples that feel they have like the the theming and the feel of a traditional zelda dungeon and even working in like this game's version of like a zelda dungeons quote-unquote key item uh is even integrated in in a very cool and interesting way um but i feel like they have just struck the perfect balance of it feeling like a traditional zelda dungeon but fitting into the scope of breath of the wild tears of the kingdom with with great bosses, with yeah. like really great traditional style Zelda bosses. Yeah, they do yeah. feel like classic Zelda bosses. Yes. Um, yeah, I, man, I. Re- but yeah, the temples. Oof, uh, oof, man, they're yeah, they're really good. The fire temple, man, is just stunning. It's just absolutely stunning, and the water temple doesn't stink. I love the water temple. It's and that's really my cool. favorite one. It's, it's very really Is cool. it really? That's surprising because yeah. I, I like the lead up to that temple a lot. I, I think mm-hmm. I think it's but I felt like the, the temple itself was like there wasn't as much in it. 
I don't, I don't know if that, but it's but, it, it's easy. It's straightforward, and it's yeah. also like it. What was cool about it? it again, I don't want to like get too deep into it, but it kind of becomes like a weird like platformer almost, and then yeah. like the the, the, it the feels boss like a fight, Mario uh, Galaxy totally. Game. Does, does totally, it not? Like, totally. <laughs> like, did, like, I'm playing a Mario Galaxy level. And then the boss one. fight is like a Splatoon boss fight. Like it's like <laughs> it's straight it's up. Like I really... can't believe they put Big Man in this game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like that's <laughs> just straight Big Man. <laughs> that's really cool to me. Like I, I just, I really liked the variety we got, and yeah. even like, yeah, the little like mini stories that lead up. Like there feels like an actual purpose to to these temples beyond like the the overarching story implications. It's not simply go here and do this because we have to stop Ganon. Like these, these little temples and their stories have reasons for you doing them that feel personal and tangible. Yes. And I really which, like that. Like la- which is lacking in breath of the wild. And, and I think that yes. adds to what we, f- what we described at the beginning with the stories. Like it felt like a lighter story for breath of the wild. Like, cause you look at, I, I saw this meme. Someone posted over in our discord today and it has, uh, it has each of the the town people from Breath of the Wild going. Help, mm-hmm. Link! Uh, Varuda is gonna flood all of Hyrule. Help! This this thing's gonna blast lava. Help! This thing is doing this. Help! And they all just sit there, like all of the, all of the things are just <laughs> sitting there, not right. doing anything. There's not they they're not affecting the world. They they feel separate from the world. And in this game, that is not the case. Like, you get to these towns that are in need of Link's help. Like, you get there, right. there, there is something going down. And, uh, I mean, in some of these cases, like, the cities are completely uh, transformed. Absolutely. Because... Well, and, and not, not only that, a really smart thing this game does, because the game never forces you to do anything, but it nudges you in the path because... There, the temples have things that are directly tied to navigating the over, uh, the overworld. Yeah, where it's like I better solve this problem because it's annoying if I don't. <laughs> <laughs> like that, that I think is really smart. Like it kind of pushes yeah. you in that direction more. Yeah, you know. Yeah, a hundred percent agree. And and talking real quick, you, you're 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 talking about how the dungeons in this game, like it doesn't make sense for them to be linear, like they are in classic Zelda. Dungeons. Yeah, but I think they did as close to that I this agree. time as they c- reasonably could, while keeping it an open like you can go here and do you can go anywhere in here because the themes themselves feel unique and the design mm-hmm. of the temple feels like wow I am in a completely new place. You did not feel that way in the Divine Beasts. The Divine Beasts feel like big shrines. The yeah. dungeons in this game feel unique. They feel very specific to the area they are located in, and they tie really nicely with the story that is happening in that area. I will say, ultimately, I don't know if the temples are going to leave as lasting an impression because, in the scope of this game, uh, they are that like they did have to make them smaller. They didn't become these like they're not these centerpieces that they were in past Zelda games. They're absolutely incredible for what they are, but in past Zelda games like it was basically just what you did in between the dungeons. It was the dungeons that were the big selling point. 
And because of how long you spent in a lot of classic Zelda dungeons, they just become a lot more memorable. The the dungeons in Tears of the Kingdom aren't as involved. You spend a little bit of time there, but it doesn't grind your game to a halt for three hours so you can figure out this dungeon. You're not spending as much time there. So I don't know if any of the, the, the temples within the scope of Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom specifically are really cool. I just don't know if they're ever going to feature on like my top five Zelda dungeons. They're different. Ever. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're so different. Like it's it's the kind of thing where it's like because a, a traditional Zelda dungeon, right? Like when we're talking about Skyward Sword, which I think is the best traditional dungeons of the series. I, I completely agree. The dungeons in Skyward um, Sword are my favorite. Right. But we all solve those dungeons exactly the same way. Right. We all solve them exactly the same. They are very designed dungeons. When you like, like to Andros's point, and I completely agree. I think that this is the best possible outcome of like having their cake, their cake and eating it too, as best they can, where this has the theming and the feel and the boss fights and the little kind of like teeing up of the design. But the way we all approach these dungeons are going to be dramatically different. So like, it still has, like, I, I think they've done the best they can, but as a result of that, I also agree with Eric like these aren't none of these are going to wind up being um you know in my like top Zelda dungeons of all time because it's almost not the point like they're almost just bigger shrines you know yeah. they're almost just bigger playgrounds of like things to go and do and and like solve a problem they're just bigger side quests but they but they have versus- a very they have a very unique uh feel design totally and yeah. uh, like much more so than breath of the wild. Like I can't emphasize this enough that breath of the wild. If you put me inside a room in any of the, uh, divine beasts, I couldn't tell you just right away, which one I'm in. They all look exactly the same. And they also look pretty similar to just regular shrines out in the wild. So, Mm -hmm. so the unique vibes that you feel in these, I think does enough to capture the vibe. I, agree. I wanted to I I wanted to emphasize cuz cuz you talked about uh Skyward Sword being your favorite uh dungeons. I was going to say that I feel like this game took a big page out of Skyward Sword's dungeons uh playbook in that part of the dungeon is the lead up to the dungeon. There is like yeah, right. almost like an- a sp- especially with the wind dungeon. I will say that's good. Yes. That one's going to stay with me for a little while. The lead up to the wind temple was, was really cool. The, the path to the temple is part of the temple experience. Right. Right. And skyward sword had that like in every, in every area. It it was like, Mm -hmm. if if you look at it, you look at, you look at the outdoor area and it's like, Oh, there's rooms here. I'm moving through, a dungeon but it's all outdoor so it doesn't feel like a dungeon and this does the same thing with the paths to get to the dungeons but they even twist that right like you've got what eric talked about with the uh the wind temple the water temple i feel like had really uh clear set paths um and even the the fire temple has like a a recommended like a pretty clear like get from here to here but then the uh it's the light temple is the, the yeah lightning temple the or, lightning temple or whatever yeah has a very completely different approach to how you there it's not a get from point a to point b it's like a mini game plus a giant yeah 
area puzzle and then it just opens <laughs> and you're like it's it's so different and each of them feels very unique even like like i i was saying with the fire temple like point a to point b well that felt so different than the wind temple point a to point b is compl- yeah. completely different and i i just really think that they did a good job if so if you take that on the whole and you you also put those lead ups which i kind of do because I feel like it's kind of all part of that that package with the temple. These feel really cool to me. I I, I like them a lot, and I I could definitely. I I mean maybe I'm partial here, but I I definitely think the fire uh, and lightning were like my favorites um, because they felt like Ocarina of Time temples. <laughs> I was okay. like, well, I got I got the vibes. I'll say you know since this isn't a, a traditional episode of all in i'm gonna go ahead and throw my top five in here real quick i think my top five uh in uh in ascending order my number one i think is the fire temple my number two yeah i think is the wind temple my number three i think is the water temple the number mm, no no sorry four or three is going to be the lightning temple. Four is the water temple, and then five, I think, is the uh, the spirit temple. The one that got away. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, for for me, putting me on the spot, I, I would say I would go water. Uh, I, I think I'm gonna go water, lightning, wind, uh, fire, spirit. I think that's where I would go. But fire at number Spirits, four. Okay, okay. Yeah, for for me, the the way I tackled the fire temple was so like I felt like I I was doing the wrong thing you basically broke the whole it time, the entire time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I guess say that I I that that might be why I liked that one so much because that's my number yeah, one, yeah. and I was I was uh, definitely utilizing balloons a lot. <laughs> I was right? I was not thing, doing right? it the way you were supposed to. Or was we could I? Do it, we could all tackle it completely differently. Right? I had max yeah. stamina by the time I got there. I just spelunked my entire way. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll throw my top five out there. Fire, lightning. Uh, um, I, I think I'll go wind, water. I don't know. Those are those are very close. No, because I also really like the last one. I'm just going to put fire and lightning uh, as top two, and then the other three are tied. <laughs> yeah hey, that's well, fair. they're, they're that's just fair. so good i like them all the spirit temple's weird right because it's almost like not really a temple like it's it's weird the way it's kind of like structured and set yeah, up but i right? but i so, like well, it. i consider I like me it. too i consider like the construction part of right. that yeah you know what i'm talking about i consider mm-hmm. that part of it and it's and that's really cool but you know i do think it's still ultimately it's, it's like a deconstructed temple Basically, almost yeah it, yeah yeah, it's it's interesting, but it's yeah, it's not quite to the same standard as the others. But yeah, still, still very good stuff. And and again, I, nice I think that they pace, should admittedly totally, yes, totally. Yes, I think it comes yeah. at the right time. Even though even though a lot of us are putting it at the back, it's like it's it's wildly different and makes the because if if the game just had Rockstar after Rockstar thing, that was all. It it, it would I, I don't know like. I'm I'm not saying it's not Rockstar. I'm saying that like it's just different and I like having a a meal with a lot of variety. You need something that feels a little bit more like a cool down, not quite as intensive to, you know, to change things up a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But- 
But Man, I mean, yeah, when it comes I'm, to the I'm gameplay, we, there's still so much we could talk about. I'm about to say, we've been going for like two okay, hours, I, and I feel very, like we're still... I am very sorry. <laughs> I This is what happens when I get on podcasts, y'all. But yeah, no, dude, tri- like, we this is a the huge time. game. This is a, I mean, we knew that we were going to need to dedicate a special episode to just reviewing this game, because there's just so much to unpack. And this is this is keeping it as spoiler-free as we... we can and will do an entire separate spoiler cast just on the story like this all of these games uh, all of this game's components could be their own podcast like there's just so much <laughs> to talk about here there really is so. we haven't even talked about uh recall rewind reverse whatever i yeah which gets a ton of time to shine. The improvements to cooking the yeah. improvements to the cooking cook and the recipes so i cook so much more in this game so yeah. much yeah. more in this game, and, and, and oh all the God. all the new effects and a, a, a yeah. like like boosts and things. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they they added like a stickiness mechanic. They added like uh, mm-hmm. there's light, there's there's gloom, there's I, I mean, yeah, there's so many different new and it's things. All, it's just such a stunning achievement. And at the end of the day, just at the end of the day, with Tears of the Kingdom, I do not think it is a perfect game. Like I said, I think the right. flurry rush thing is, I think it was overcompensated. I think one of the most satisfying uh, combat mechanics from Breath of the Wild now feels awkward and inconsistent. Um, I, it, it is, I do think it's still really annoying to have to deal with some of the weather effects, even though uh, lightning has been nerfed a little bit. You no longer get struck by lightning if you just happen to have a metal thing in your possession. Uh, thank God. Um, but dealing with the weather effects is really annoying. Every time I go from one place to another, it's like, okay, I guess I got to switch out of the armor. Okay, and I guess you, I got to switch back into this armor. And okay, you I guess think I gotta switch that back that armor this. would do more than it does. I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> yeah. That's dumb. That should just cancel water. I, I'm so upset. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah. but I, I don't think it's a perfect game. I, I Dealing with the weather is annoying. The flurry rush thing. Um, and... Uh, just you know, a couple other small things, but at and the not end of enough the day, Ganondorf, and not enough. Ganondorf. I mean, not we're just Ganondorf. upset about that. All right, yeah. Uh, but true. At, the, at the end of the day, and this is something that I was talking to Seth about just last night as we're recording this. Um, I think it actually. I think Tears of the Kingdom, at the end of the day, is my number two game all time behind Mario Galaxy. I really think it is. This is a stunning achievement in so many respects in so many respects the the ridiculous amount of freedom that this game gives you the tool set and the things that you that are pot the things that are possible that we can't even conceive of yet i can't imagine what people are going to be able to build in the coming weeks and months and years in this game i cannot wait to see the ingenuity and creativity that people are going to express through tears of the kingdom but the amount of stuff that you can do there's more shrines there's more koroks there's literally three times as much area to explore in this game and in a lesser game it would feel too much However, because the game is so masterfully handled, the way the, the fact that this game is so masterfully achieved, 
just makes it more to do. It doesn't make it feel like it's overwhelming. It's just, yay, I get to play more. I get to experience this stunning achievement in video game history for even longer. And like I said, I, I thought about this a lot, but it is my favorite Zelda game. And right behind Mario Galaxy, it, this is my second favorite game ever made at this point. Just what an achievement. I hate that you got it instead of us for the fantasy credit draft. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And and I am so happy that we got it because this is my favorite game of all time. Hands down. I, I really hesitated to say that in the first few days because it's like, okay, recency bias. It's still, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's still going to be recency bias, but here's the thing is breath of the wild was my favorite game ever. It, it was my it was my number one game of all time. And this is all of that and more like it's it's the it, it is the perfect sequel because it takes everything I loved about the first game and just injects it with everything I love from the series as a whole in ways that just blends into the perfect game. And let me just say that. Breath of the Wild 3 is going to be amazing. <laughs> whatever the, the third whatever, entry of whatever the, we in get. the of the trilogy. Yeah. Yeah. But I, yeah. <laughs> I, I can I can boil it down to this. Many people consider Breath of the Wild prior to the release of Tears of the Kingdom. Many people consider Breath of the Wild to be the greatest game ever made. Tears of the Kingdom genuinely makes me feel like it's going to be rough going back to Breath of the Wild. Yeah. It's going to be it's going to be interesting. It's like, oh, like, yeah, for me, I'm like, am I going to go back to this game at all? Like, because because this game just has tears. Of the game just has so much that you can do with it. I feel like I'm going to be spending months just to get my file to 100 percent completion. And and then there's so much I can do. OK, t- let's let's replay it like this. Uh, I'm going to go I, I, being a challenge runner, challenge gamer. Uh, I, I'm like, I've, I've already got just a huge list of ideas. I'm like, oh, can I oh, yeah. play the game without playing hand. only with stealth? Uh, can I play? In, there's there's a pro mode. Have you seen that where it removes yeah. all the HUD? You don't you can't even see how much health you have. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's like there, there's so many like different ways you could experience this game and play it completely differently like uh you guys talked about earlier with builds and how this game could have like you can do that in a very light way um it's it's not quite there to that but you could go hey i'm gonna play this game stealth only uh i'm gonna play this game where i can only use bows uh i i'm gonna play I've, i've already seen people beating it with no stamina which that's nuts. Yeah. It's like, it's like, there's so much exciting things to, to look forward to for the future of this game. And yeah. Okay. I, I do want to, I, I, I don't want to be like too spoilery here. This is a thing that mm-hmm. is not present in the game. And what makes me feel very confidently that there's going to be a third in this trilogy, um, not including age of calamity, which I, I, right. Which, if it is included, then it's a quadrilogy. I don't care. Uh, the the third game, I feel like, has to touch on the Triforce, right? Like, that's a staple. Mm. That's a mm. staple to the Zelda series, and it wasn't here. 
At least that yeah. I've found yet. Maybe not, you guys, not in the maybe you guys, sense. maybe you guys yeah. with your fifty plus hour, uh, fifty more hours than me have seen it. But honestly, I, I my head cannon immediately went to Ganon teaming up with Majora. Well, I I'll say this because like there there are a lot of things, to, and this this is something we can we when we do the spoiler cast. I really want to talk about like where this series goes from here because there there I have so many thoughts on this and yeah. theory crafting and blah blah blah. But when it comes to this game, the lore, uh, the lore, yeah. When it comes to this, I I have there are other Nintendo games that I favor over this game. There are other Nintendo games that like hit me at different points in my life. Like I, I've talked about before, Majora's Mask changed my life. Nothing in in Tears of the Kingdom changed my life in that way. However, Tears of the Kingdom is the best game Nintendo's ever made from an objective standpoint. In my opinion, the best in terms of the what they have achieved here. It is a towering achievement. Like what it is it is magical. It is it, it is this thing that exists and I I constantly after all the time I've spent with it, I can't believe it exists in the form that it does. And everything that we're saying sounds so hyperbolic. And while the game is not perfect, like it is still just a, a, a completely magical game that somehow, like one of the things I always said when people were telling me they were playing Breath of the Wild for the first time, it's like, you're so lucky. I can't believe you get to experience that game for the first time again. And they somehow managed to make me feel that way again you know, with Tears yeah. of the Kingdom. Yeah, they did it. Which, which, Somehow. Which you're like, but how? How did they do that? Because I, I, I don't, I didn't think it was possible yeah. to do it again. They've done the impossible. Like Tears of the Kingdom is an impossible game, you know? And I think that it's already showing. I, I mean, I've seen uh, articles out there that are like, this is the fastest selling Nintendo game ever. Mm. Uh, and that it had like, 10 million copies sold on it's like opening in the first weekend. three days yeah and so I'm, I'm looking at like breath of the wild has 30 million over its lifetime and and this is going to outsell that game uh and, which is mind-boggling to me uh because it's just i i didn't think like even even breath of the wild being at like 30 million is is a lot because zelda games while popular, have never been Pokemon. You know, right. they've never been Mario. But but Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom are. They're they're showing it in the sales just as much as they are in the quality. And I, I'm very happy to see that because I, I want to see more of these games succeed over <laughs> over over what we traditionally see sell the best. Um because because like I I don't want to throw shade at Pokemon. I love Pokemon. I but, do too. But the quality isn't as <laughs> like comparing the two games is like yeah, it's, is, it's is not insane. It, they're, they're incomparable. Yeah. Pokemon is like such worse quality compared to Zelda, and I'm so glad to see that customers value quality, and that that yeah. we as a game it's an unbelievable unbelievable achievement yeah this game six years well worth the wait and if we got even remotely the kind of enhancement and progression between these two games as we could potentially get with the next zelda game i would happily wait another six seven eight ten years for that game if i knew it was going 
to uh, if I knew it was going to elevate the series as much as what Tears of the Kingdom had just done. Yep, absolutely. I uh, turns out the game was pretty good. Turns yeah, out, it turns it out was it was pretty it was, good. It was pretty good. <laughs> turns yeah. out six well, years was well worth the wait. It, it it absolutely was. All right, Metroid uh, guys, Prime we, Four, it's your turn. <laughs> your move, right? Yeah. So uh, we we've been going long. Uh, I I want to Andros. Um, before we we wrap up, uh, I I want to give you a chance uh, here at the end to talk about your. We I know we touched on it a little bit at the beginning, but kind of tell the folks who somehow at this point, yeah, where are you uh, from? Might not be familiar with yeah with you or the Nintendo Pals. Tell tell us a little bit yeah, about. Who are you? All right. Um, I, I have two sales pitches here. I am Andros One uh, on YouTube and Twitch, where I do Zelda content uh, primarily. I do I do a variety of Nintendo stuff. I've done Pokemon challenges, um, Mario challenges. Uh, I, I love Spelunky, but Zelda is where it's at for me primarily. Zelda Breath of the Wild challenge runs. So please check out my YouTube channel. I'm trying to grow and uh, launch as like a solo creator there in making gaming yeah. content. It's a lot of fun. That's where my passion is, um, at least one of them, because my second passion is in podcasting and in talking about Nintendo. Uh, and so uh, you can check out my podcast that I run with my best friend, Micah, um, and uh, we talk about Nintendo, uh, and that is Nintendo Pals podcast. We, we do three episodes a week. Um, they're, they're little bite-sized, like 30, 40-minute episodes, uh, and they cover news um community questions and uh random and interesting topics it, it, it's very similar to what's going on over here um but just with a different flavor you know what i mean, you know what I, mean? Yeah. I feel like all in and nintendo pals are very supplemental to each other's shows and uh i i really love that uh that everybody brings their own spice to the nintendo podcasting space and that we're all buddies which is really cool like we like nobody's mean everybody's nice so yeah if you like all in i think you'll also like nintendo pals um and so yeah. check it out check nintendo it out pals is like the the splash fruit and all in is like the golden apple oh. that's right <laughs> or, yeah yeah i mean it, it we we both kind of like started around the same time and like we we've kind of grown together and uh it, it's been a real treat and a pleasure to uh to be to be nintendo pals so definitely uh check out uh andros and everything he does with the nintendo pals links will be in the episode description of course so that you guys can can support him yeah, and, and everybody that's listening, if you haven't already, please subscribe and follow uh, All In on all platforms because I, Seth and Eric here have a multimedia empire that they're that they're forming <laughs> here. That is, it's very good. It's very good. You're gonna get. He's doing your job for you, Eric. Yeah, he's doing is, the the, high, the socials. Listen, and this is high quality <laughs> content here. Oh, don't worry, I'm gonna pay him. And you know what? <laughs> They're gonna need. They're gonna need that moral support after they lose the fantasy critic league this year. Uh, so oh. please, everybody, go give them the support and the and the, and the love they need. Please, after you guys lose, <laughs> you're gonna disappear like Cass. <laughs> oh, that hurt! I hurt twice. <laughs> he went out to get lawn lawn milk and never came back. <laughs> oh no! I hate but, this. Uh, <laughs> but. Yes, make sure to follow Andros uh, and the Nintendo Pals and check out all the stuff they're doing. Make sure to check out us and all the stuff we're doing uh, at All In Podcast on Facebook, at All In Podcast, over on 
the Twitter. In addition to that, you can check out youtube.com slash all in podcast where we do live and news broadcasts each and every Friday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. In addition to that, uh, I mean, we create so, so much. Make sure to follow uh, our amazing Discord where, you know, a ton of our patrons are hanging out. It's actually speaking of our patrons, Seth, we do have a Patreon. But we do indeed have a Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com slash all in podcast is a place to be. Three tiers of support. You can uh, actually get a seven day free trial to the tears. Golden Banana tier <laughs> and the tiers of the kingdom. God, tiers of the kingdom. That's right. A seven day free trial for the Golden Banana tier, which would get you uh, access to all in side quest and the $2 Hero Cast, our two weekly Patreon exclusive shows. This week on side quest, Eric and I broke down our summer game fest predictions. Uh, that's kind of our non Tendo podcast. So there, there's a lot of fun stuff going on over there. As I mentioned earlier, Triforce tier supporters get discounts on our merch at bit.ly slash all in merch, where you can get yourself a, a shirt or a sticker or a mug and show your love and support for us but if you don't have any bones to throw away that's okay too you can support us for free by dropping some words leaving us a five-star review on apple podcast Podchaser, or audible and uh, i'll shout those reviews out here on the show and, and spotify of course, you five spotify exactly Everybody that five-star five rating on spotify do it do it it's anonymous but that's <laughs> okay it. can't <laughs> drop words but do it you can be on like the cool spotify listeners for nintendo pals who have overtaken apple users and I am so happy. Yeah. Take that. Yeah, we're actually getting, we, we actually, the last Spotify review we got surpassed our Apple reviews as well. Let's go. So Apple, Apple coming through Apple yeah. listeners out there. What are you doing? Leave us a five star review. Up. Leave these guys a five star review right now. You're getting shown up by the new I'm kid start, on the block. We start a class war dividing podcast. <laughs> this is a hundred percent. I do this every episode now on my, on my show. I'm like, let's, it's let's fight. Let's fight. Let's <laughs> go, 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 no, go, go. We, Look, we, we super appreciate it. Again, that's a very, very easy and free way to support these independent Nintendo podcasts like the Nintendo Pals and like us. So so we very much appreciate it. Yeah. And while you're at it, you know, let us know what your hot takes about Tears of the Kingdom are. Uh, let us know what you thought of the game, if you've had the opportunity to play it yet, and what your top five uh, rundown of the different temples are. Uh, make sure to let us know. But I mean, yeah. Yeah, this was a big one, wasn't it, guys? Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, six years since the release of Breath of the Wild. Well worth the wait, as it turns out. This is going to be a game that people will love for years. And I honestly don't think it's too hyperbolic to say generations to come. This is going to be one of those games. This is going to be a mile marker in this industry, I believe. And in a year that many people have already pointed out has already been a stellar first half mm -hmm. of the year an absolutely stellar first half of 2023 even amongst all of these fantastic games coming out it's hard not to think of tears of the kingdom as the obvious front runner for game of the year not even oh, talking it's game of the year. there's there's no there's no nothing nothing even on the horizon can can try like everybody else if you if you're wanting game of the year award just delay you're not getting it this year. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. It's 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 in the bag. There's nothing that could release that could take it. <laughs> it's, it's like, yeah. Yep. But I don't know. We'll see. We got half of the year to go, but I don't see it. This game is so amazing. I can't honestly can't wait to play even more of it. But uh, 
but still it never stops for us here at all in thank you so much andros for hanging out with us for our thanks for having me legend of zelda tears of the kingdom yes uh ladies and gentlemen once again our good friend from the nintendo pals andros Yay! Yay! I cheered for myself. <laughs> I, I've never. I, yes. I'm probably. Am I the first guest to do that? I wanted to be first. Uh, not quite. No, some, we, sometimes they'll do a Yo, woo should, or something like I'll, that. I'll boo myself. Boo! Get him out of here! Oh, don't do that. Get him back don't under that, that desk. Sorry, Seth. I'll go back. I'll go back to the depths beneath. <laughs> back Seth's to the depths. Death. Back to the depths. <laughs> but yes, thank you so much for Andrews for hanging out with us yet again. And of course, Seth and I. We'll be here right back next week for another brand new episode of All Then. But until then, uh, I, we didn't really pick names for this episode. I have been, uh, I, I, I've been, uh, uh, he, he's been Eric. I've been Seth, and and he's been Andros. I've been Yika. I've been Koga fan. <laughs> Andros. I didn't think of a name. <laughs> Bye! <laughs> Bye! <laughs> <laughs>